you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. As always, it's available on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. I feel we have a fine podcast in store for you today. On the heels of what was uh, a Gangbusters podcast earlier in this week, we were joined here in Studio 66 by the delightful and ruggedly handsome Brady Quinn. In fact, Black Tie fell very much in love with him. He really found him to be <laughs> more handsome than Tom Brady or Cam Newton. That's Whoa. that's strong stuff. I mean, it's not just saying Cam he's, Newton? he's a nice-looking man. No, he's better than my number one, which is Brady. Oh, Brady see, Newton's my number one because of those chompers. You know? <laughs> wow. I'm a sucker for good chompers, and that guy's got a heck of a smile. He really oh does. Oh, he's, I mean, yes. I mean, Let's cuts, be honest. He cuts I, a striking figure when he, he walks does. in the room. Six foot five, he's a yeah. mountain of a man. It was all about Brady Quinn's body language. He just seems like a cool dude. You know what I mean? Like, he first came into the podcast studio almost seeming like he didn't want to do it. Ended up spending 25 minutes with us telling us stories, and we left the world's longest voicemail on AJ Hawk's phone. Yeah, we, awesome. we kibitzed with yeah Brady Quinn is, of course, uh, his sister yeah. is yeah. Uh, married to AJ Hawk, one of our favorites here on the show. So we left him a message. Uh, he didn't uh, he didn't pick up the phone, but he did text me afterwards to say he was uh, sufficiently annoyed by the 27-minute-long message we left. <laughs> um, and uh, also, Swagga, Ike Taylor, uh, you know, he was he, he pulled no punches as usual. He joined us and told us what he thought the Steelers needed to do, how his workouts with uh, Johnny Football went, and what he thinks about Johnny Football now that he's seen him up close and personal, plus the possibility of hard knocks and uh, his thoughts on uh, Donald Sterling, that whole mess. So go ahead and uh, give that one a look again on iTunes or at NFL.com slash Shaq. But all right, that's in the rearview mirror. Let's look ahead to next week. 
I'm excited. NFL draft. Don't worry about yesterday. It's already done. Is nearly here. Don't worry oh. about tomorrow. It hasn't happened yet. So many tremendous impressions out of the man whose voice uh, <laughs> you're hearing. He's uh, he's the host. It's all about of the- today. Of the college football twenty four seven podcast mock draft weekly. God told the me that. Talent God's a good mo- friend of mine. <laughs> he's the one that told me to say that before every show. Oh yeah, he's a, God. I love the impressions out of this character. I listen to him on uh, on five seventy here in Los Angeles, the finest uh, sports radio program going oh, in these parts and uh, and uh, in all these uh, United States. As a matter of fact, they did gangbusters work on uh, Petros and Money PMS. Look it up on uh, iHeartRadio and uh, and dig what they got going on the Sterling stuff. We'll talk about that, like I say. But here in these parts at the NFL, NFL media, Mock Draft Weekly, Talent Mock Draft is coming up next week. And the ongoing draft coverage, it is uh, nearly here, everybody. At the time of this recording, we're one week away, in fact, from the uh, from the big pick of the Houston Texans. Hey, guess what, uh, Texans? Guess what, everybody? The GM, Rick Smith, says he knows who he wants. Yeah, I guess you should. You're the general manager of the team. I would think you've ruminated on this subject a little bit since uh, the season ended. All right, so was that a headline? By the way, did that make yes. headline? It did. The headline was, GM "I know Rick who Smith. I want." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, he's got a choice of everybody, so th- there are no hiccups. <laughs> good, good. This is great news. You're uh, yes, definitely. The confidence is uh, well placed then in your in the uh, Texans fan base. All right, let's say hello to him now. The man I was just uh, y- yapping here about. Um, like I say, from Hello. PMS. Hello. And from fantasy football and all that jazz. It's Matt Money Smith. What's the poop, fella? It's good to be here. Good to be here, Sheck. I would love to do the podcast more. You know that. But, of course, the radio show beckons today a day off because it's a Dodger doubleheader day because mm-hmm. that idiot Carl Polad decided to build a freaking <laughs> baseball stadium without a roof no! in Minnesota. You know what? Maybe that was a bad move. But it should inspire or and or humiliate the Vikings for not doing the same. How can they in Minnesota? I, I Listen, I hate to do it for the millionth time here, million and first time, but how can you as the Minnesota Vikings, and for that matter, the Detroit Lions, the NFC North, the rugged and, and, and brutal NFC North, so many great How much better would Thanksgiving Day be if you started it by watching the Lions play outdoors, not in a dome? That's no way to go. And by the way, a lot of teams are from the South. It would be a home field advantage for the Vikings and the Lions to have these Southern teams have to go up there. But no, they like to stay nice and climbing. Fast controlled. track, you know, football. Like Right, right, track man over there. Right, Mr. 110-meter yeah, hurdles. Here he is, the oh, man. Sure. We, we love him when he pays us a visit in Studio 66. He's done so uh, multiple times here as we lead up to the 2014 draft and uh, just wrapped up a gangbuster series on NFL.com. Draft do-overs. He takes, uh, he takes a year in the draft and, uh, and gives, the guys, gives those teams the guys they should have taken. Now with the benefit of hindsight. Here he is, everybody. <laughs> Bucky Brooks, what's the poop with you? What up, Shaq? How you doing? I can't put well, my goggles fine. up. Yep, your goggles yeah, for hindsight. Goggles, your hindsight goggles. My hindsight mm-hmm. goggles. That's mm-hmm. when I when mm-hmm. I have these on, that means I get them perfect. You know, it's funny, Sheck, uh, having access to the comment section of those those videos that I do with Bucky. He well, he does it. I just whatever. I'm the mechanic, I guess. Mm-hmm. There, but uh, people surprisingly supportive of of, of history. <laughs> <laughs> they really appreciate this. this. Would have been better. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> That's a, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad money brought this up. That never registered for me. That's really oh, yeah, shame on you. What a hero you are <laughs> that's right i have the magic wand i, I, I think was i think was, was really funny about the duo people get so 
upset. They get more upset about Bucky's do-over. <laughs> I'm not kidding about their I mean, team making so, the bad pick. Man, they really do. The, Ru- the Russell Wilson over RG3, it almost blew my phone up. The Twitter, <laughs> like, it almost blew up. People were so mad. But the stuff like, it. but but I mean, again, though, you know, shame on you. Ch- just jumping in there and being like, you know, for my money, I think the Raiders made a mistake with Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> <laughs> He's so mad. What right have you, sir? What right have you? We needed we needed a guard. We wouldn't trade up <laughs> trade up to get that. Okay, okay. Ryers. We wouldn't have traded up to get Russell Wilson. Okay, you understand it's a fictional conversation. <laughs> so while, while oh. the Rams aren't there and the Redskins still are. <laughs> Fellas, who do you think you're talking to? You guys oh. both yeah, were nice true. enough to participate in uh, the other thing that uh, wrapped up at, at uh, NFL.com and is still up there for your perusal is the uh, the all-time draft of 2014. It's the draft order of 2014. Houston Texans won. Seattle Seahawks, of course, 32. And the actual team needs here in 2014 Except, instead of it being the currently available pool of college players, it's all football players from all of time, except for the current players, because, of course, that would create a uh, a, uh, a wrinkle, a ripple in the spice, space-time continuum. Ashton Kutcher uh-huh. butterfly effect style? Yeah, you can't, if you take, you know, you take, <laughs> you, you, you take Peyton Manning off the Broncos, then what do they do? So you can't draft the current guys, Other, but you could take John Elway, you could yeah. take Jim Brown, and so on. You guys did that. I don't know if you looked in the comments section of those. These videos are I found them delightful if for no other reason than to oh, see man, the college highlights. No, the college highlights. Oh, they're great. Although you're seeing Barry Sanders in his uh in his Oklahoma State get up and Mike Ditka playing for Pitt, both sides of the ball making a sack and so on. LT with UNC as a matter of fact. Some of those highlights I'd never seen in my life. Pretty cool seeing him in the Carolina Blue. That's right. Safety in the Wake Forest they, QB. They, they, they played Pitt when he was at uh Carolina. They they played in those those you know, they, I, what I, I remember. I think we actually dominated Pitt in those years. I, well, I don't know I about think we spanked them around. All right, settle down, Bucky, please. Dan Marino. And what I do you know remember. What? But see, before, hold on, hold on. This Calvin is, this, Bryant, I remember coming KB, into Three right. River Stadium. They, they abandoned Pitt Stadium. This has always bothered joint. me, by the way. This has always bothered me. I know you're a Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. And I know IU sucks at football. But yeah, the University. But, but you don't get to be a Pitt Panther fan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no you no, don't. No, 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 no. no, you don't. You're a Hoosier. You do not. You are a Hoosier. They have oh, a my. football yes. team. That is your alma mater. Yes. You wait do not second. get to be wait a Pitt a Panther second. fan. Wait a That's second. Not how wait it works. a second. Wait a second. <laughs> I'll not be attacked here in Studio 66 in this manner. Your pal, the sports guy, Bill Simmons, has attempted to charge me with the same crime. Yes, we're well, good. He's a smart man. Polygamy. Sports polygamy. Doesn't fan work. Poly- what, Who am I to talking to, to right yeah. now? Why don't you go to Pitt? Hey, Mr. Chicago, how are your Blackhawks doing? Oh, no, I don't. I, you abandoned I, them. I wrote you a letter for- of divorce. <laughs> I wrote a letter of divorce. You Telling Bill Wirtz he can sell Ki- the team or die. Go, Kings, go. <laughs> and then I'd return. Go, Kings, go. Yeah, and I the know. South, the pride of the South that's, side is, go- is writing a, tweets, go, Kings, go. That's a, that's I, a pro team, I, I give you two words. Alexi Shamnoff. I was an impressionable <laughs> young man, and when you got Jr., arguably one of the greatest representatives of that fine chief on his chest, and they trade him for Alexi Jamnoff. What was I supposed to do? I, I hear you. I, I sat down at that typewriter. I, it wasn't even a word processor. I do believe it was a typewriter, and I typed out. <laughs> I typed out a letter to old Bill Wirtz. Told him I'd never cheer for the team again unless he died. And well. 
Boy, he did die. I don't mean this in a in a negative way, but that is uh, that is really nerdy. See, this is this is you know what did you do in your formative years? You know when uh, when guys when teenage guys uh, were were chasing girls around. I you know like money. You know I'm typing letters to teams and to Bill (laughs) Wirtz. Oh, this is gonna get. Maybe this will get Ronick back. If I type this out and I send it today, they might be able to nullify the trade. I got to get this to Wirtz right away. Wow. Can I tell you one good news about how? Well, listen, fingers crossed. The Pittsburgh Penguins, my team, have advanced to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. As it happens, I jump on a plane on Sunday to travel out to uh, Manhattan. Oh, the Rangers. Game three, Monday night. Dave Damashek fully intends to about be that? inside MSG to watch uh, oh, Kid yeah? Crosby and How Gino Malkus send the the, uh, the, the blue and red clad fans home. Sad. You know, I think your uh, I think your your partner here on the podcast. I, I think he does have a deep resentment toward my fandom of the Kings. I think it really bothers him, and and I wish he were Why? here to defend him. Because, I wish he were well, too, but you Ray, know, but I think he does. Ray, you know, it, he has decided as of about eight months a, he's ago. A he's, fan? he's a Bears fan. No yeah. rank. Rank now considers himself. I mean, it's, it's less like than a family year. thing or something, right? Yeah, but the Rams he's embraced gone, yeah. the Bears. You're a Chicago guy. Yeah. You, you guys, I'm fine with that. Root for the Bears. Good, good on you. That's is, fine. Is it bad that I, I see? I'm envious of both of you guys because you guys have pro teams that you can just ride or die with. For me, I don't have an NFL team that I can adopt sure. like that. There's not a team that I can say like this is my squad. When you play for five different teams over like hmm. a five year period, it's hard to fall in love with. And I can't go for maybe a team that I pulled in my childhood. So my son is a Cowboys fan, like, and I'm like, why? But he doesn't have a natural link. And so I don't have a team that I can jump on on Sundays and be either upset or elated or whatever about it. I missed that part of it in the league. Would you – do you imagine if L.A. gets a team, would you try – I mean, here's the problem with that, though, is that intellectually you want that to be the case. You would say, well, that's my team now. But you can't you, – you, the heart wants what it wants. You can't, in, you can't insist hard, upon yeah. – your brain can't force you to actually care as much as you would like I, to. Yeah, because I wish I could be fanatical about a squad, and, and I don't. So when I try to look back at my old teams, I'm like, oh, well, I spent the most time in Green Bay. But it doesn't really – yeah, turn to crank it's the Raiders I mean, maybe because Panthers like, is the team, right? Wasn't that? Well, I mean, doesn't that I make sense for them? For like, I mean, kind of a little bit. But you like, for there. I worked for him, but I never played the for him. The big cat, you love him, right? Yeah, nice yeah, guy. I mean, yeah, big cat is nice. Nice man. Okay, really nice. see what Took I mean? So there people. you go. There's your answer. Uh, I t- listen, they haven't won anything. That's one. That's one we standard. The, we went to the Super Bowl when I was working there. We lost to the Patriots when Tom Brady had the last drive and eight Vinatieri kicked. I mean, this seems like a slam dunk thing. Yeah, but by the way, that was not the biggest part of that Super Bowl. Okay, that Super Bowl. Janet Jackson. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Overshadowed forever because of the booby. So far Mm -hmm. away. So far we can see. But listen, I don't know. But a couple of standards, if you're in the market for a new team, if Mm -hmm. you don't have one I need a squad. I need a team. One thing is you can't latch on because it's phony to to jump on board with a team that already has a nice legacy. So, you know, I resent anybody sort of like what Money's saying. You can't can't announce to me that you're a Steelers fan. You Mm -hmm. know, well, no, too late. You know, the the ship is out now. You know, if you're bored into it, then, of course, that's a requirement. But But you can't. Decide unless Penn you're a rank. child. A, 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 a child can do I, that. I, I, sure, that's, that's how you do like, it. Yeah, I mean, I so, grew so up I with can't. a bunch of Steeler fans in Chicago because the Bears sucked and the right. Steelers were great. So that was the phenomenon yeah, these kids of the seventies. Exactly. Right. These these kids that are my age were so, just Steeler fans. That's so what they're that, into. So that means that means the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Steelers, the Packers. Would they be out too? I think the I think you'd be okay with DC. 
you could go you could go in that direction. I, I mean, it's a, just you can't. But I thought that's a traditional team. That has a story tradition. You said the legacy. I'm kinda. talking about. Yeah, I guess they've won. I mean, they won hey, three. They look, won three in this, in this political climate. I'm just saying. Right, you know, <laughs> the Washington just, franchise. How about I'm that? Just, we call it the Washington. I would. Uh, I would steer franchise. Maybe just go with the Giants, a fictional uh, mascot. You know, maybe just to cover yourself here. <laughs> I know it's sad because you, as a father, now the thing that you could connect with your boy on. Listen, me and my old man. I that's what we go, connect on I is our Pittsburgh teams. They uh, that same thing for you, but you can't go Dallas. I, That's well, I can't. I can't. So right now, I have to pass it on like collegially. So you have adopted the Pittsburgh Panthers, even though you makes sense of that. Adopted. Let me just I say. Mean, let me just. Let me just. Cor- let, uh, just. You're not. You're th- not these a slings and defensive. These length. slings and arrows. May I say something quickly in my defense? I'm born and raised on the banks of the three rivers. One. Two, my father was the team physician for Pitt. I used to go every summer. Why every didn't, Why didn't you go undergrad to Pitt? Every exactly. uh, Listen to me. Why that, did, that's you, why did you forsake? Why did you forsake your father's place of, of walking on for Coach Knight? That's, that's, that's the biggest thing. If you were that big of a Pitt Welcome, fan. Rank. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, Adam Rank here. If you were that big of a Pitt why didn't you just go to Pitt? Because I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I could always come back to the city of Pittsburgh, and then mm. I traveled. A place away of from employ it. for your father. Mm. I don't the care for that. The home of so many childhood memories, and you go to Bloomington. Oh, so many Bloomington so, so in many, Indiana. So many gay times in Pitt Stadium and Old Fitzgerald Fieldhouse in the early days yeah. of the Big East, watching an overmatched Pitt team handle. Patrick Ewing's Hoyas and Chris Mullins St. Johnny's. Oh, those were those were heady yeah. days. But yeah, I, I moved on to the Big Ten, and I, I and, and I don't mind that because, like I say, I still go back to the banks of the Three Rivers. There's a picture. There's vi- there, there, there's there's visual evidence of my loyalty to Pitt. There's a, I have a picture of me with uh, an 18 year old Afro Danny yeah. Marino. It's that's I mean, great. Listen, but when it came I'm, time to sign on the dotted line to say this is where my allegiance will last forever. You decided Indiana was the place for you. That's right. I, you I, turned your, you heel turned. I have pictures like that. On Carolina, Pitt. like I, I grew up with Lawrence Taylor and William Fuller and Kelvin Bryant and and basketball, Kenny the Jet Smith and Jordan and Cecil Axum and all those other You're guys. Not I'm, not familiar, yeah, I'm not so, familiar with any yeah, of those. Big yeah. Yeah. And then yes. he went to Carolina. Yeah. And then he went to <laughs> Carolina. That's what he did. I followed my fandom. I listen, I will take the shots from from a lot of different people, but I'm sitting in a room now with one man who has no affiliations and Bucky Matt Money Smith who's born and raised on the south side of the sh- uh, of Chicago who now roots for not the Bulls well, not, little, not, yeah no I don't hates I don't. the Blackhawks really a little bit and there. sends tweets out about go Kings Love go the Kings. and right. then lastly Adam Rank, who's an Angelino, yeah, right. who doesn't recognize the existence of his old football team, the Rams, and now they're not root, here anymore. And now roots for the for one run roots for the Bears, and two roots for this baseball team that has so little dignity that they don't embrace. Talk about embracing roots. They don't even embrace what they are. They're Orange County's team. They're Anaheim's team. No, no, they're L.A. Yeah, but they started in but Los Angeles. They, they started, if you had dignity, played, you would refuse to cheer for them until they go back Wrigley to Wrigley Field, right? They Weren't they it, born in Wrigley Field? Wrigley Field. The yeah. whole the whole nickname of Chavez Ravine's come or Chavez Ravine comes from the Angels when they would have their programs. They didn't want to say they were playing in Dodger Stadium. They said they were playing in Chavez Ravine. Can I do some house cleaning real quick, please? True or false? I want you to be dead honest, Rank. Right. Understand that it will not. Uh, your answer will not offend me in the least. Okay. Before you came in, uh, no. I said it's my contention that you resent the fact that I'm a Kings fan. Why would I do that? I don't know. I just feel like not there is some. All. Not at all. No, nope, because you you work in the L.A. media market. Yep. You have. 
close relationships with the kids who work over. They are the best the people around. You used to work for the Los Angeles Lakers. None of that bothers okay. me. That's I thought, what happens. I, I mean, thought for some reason there was no, a little bit of resentment I there. Like, that I, they, does it, I appreciate because we're the long suffering well, King fans. We're both, you know. Well, you were there with the Dead Marsh years. I and, was. And those type of that's fine. So my wife kind of, had a doctor's it? fingers inside of her getting ready to birth my first child when they were in the semis <laughs> against the Colorado Avalanche after that historic goal against the Red Wings by the debtor. It's debtor. not the most important thing, but one thing I would say, you know, if you guys, you know, you're leading voices here in Los Angeles for these Kings, listen, press, impress upon the management that they need to go back to the, the four and blue, blue and, gold. and the gold. I mean, yeah. the black and the, the silver is, is I hokum. Yeah, I did I don't. I don't like that they don't have any purple or foreign blue in their uniform at all. Yeah, anyway, I don't not even like a little trim. I which feel. they did for a while there. They did, yeah. yeah I, I didn't okay. like that they got rid of. They're just black and white. It's yeah. cool. The uniforms look great. I, I, yeah. I like the black and white because that's the cartoon I remember. I remember when Gretzky came over. And See, there you they, go. They the deal and Bruce McNall. Eighty-eight and those guys. Yeah. That's yeah, when they the, switched one of the great injustices in that. sports the award and history. Absolutely. was in nineteen eighty-nine when the Hart Trophy, the MVP trophy in, in hockey, went to Wayne Gretzky yeah. instead of Mario Lemieux with his hundred ninety-nine points. I don't want to talk. I want. I want to button this though. I do. Right. I do want to button this Indiana University pit thing. Yeah, because here's fine. And, and here ultimately, loser. ultimately here's here's where I come out on it. When you wear a pit, well, that's Pittsburgh Pirates hat. But when you wear any Panther gear, or people see you cheering mm-hmm. for the Panthers, the obvious question that they're going to submit to you is, "Oh, you went to pit," and you're going to say, "No, I'll, I'll no, do, I, I'll, no, I went better. to IU." No, better. See, I, you forsake I'm your from, university. I'm from the city. Exactly. How about that? You, the answer I'm from to that my city's university. No. Oh, you're from Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, so so what? Uh, you just didn't go to college? Well, no, I went to I. Okay, well, IU's got um, I'm arguably the greatest, the, the one of the three greatest well, basketball traditions in the history of college sports. I guess. Uh, excuse me. I guess except they're not that we're good. Not, you know, because that's that's weird. Because you you see people, especially here locally, if you went to UC Irvine <laughs> or went to Fullerton or something like that, where you don't have a football team. Those people will end up rooting for UCLA hey, or USC. Some people, some people like have, that Tim uh, Tebow has his cause that he goes out and evangelizes about. <laughs> I am a foot soldier. Okay. I'm not so provincial yeah. with my loyalties to Pittsburgh sure. that I want to keep all the wisdom okay. that I've learned from the, from living on the banks of the Three Rivers <laughs> to myself. No, I've gone no. out and spread it about right. in the Midwest. I went to small town Indiana. Then I went to the city of Broad Shoulders. And now I'm out here on the West Coast. Yeah. Who knows? Next stop, Asia. I don't know where I'm headed next. Asia. Asia. Now, if I, now, if I may, if I may, I don't, you, you don't do a whole lot of Indiana University basketball talk. Well, here's what you happened. You do more well, not, Panther, Jamie Dixon right. basketball. That's I'll what I think really you. chaps the ass. Well, let me let me tell you why. Not Because if, if, they're not good. No, 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 no. Is this no, a Bob no. Knight thing? Absolutely. No, no rank. That is un, an is unfair charge that I, that I will. <laughs> it, how is that unfair? Is that a, I'm going to explain start, to you. You only started talking about the Pirates once they became relevant again. <laughs> oh, well, that's you, wow. you get rid of. Holy you, wow. Hey, let me Man, tell you two look, things. look, we're just having fun fire. here, Rank. Two things. Jeez. Two things. Let me, let, me answer, let me answer both of these questions. The smirk has left his face. <laughs> this is, listen. I take. I take. I take no accusations more seriously than these. And now I will address them both. What and by the way, the hypocrisy from the two of you, Matt Money yeah. and Adam Ray. You do the, as I say, not Rams, as I do. Did the, Rams, did the Rams do something that you disagreed with and so you cut them off? They no longer exist. 
Did the did the <laughs> they did, don't exist? Did what the do you Chicago want me to do? Blackhawks cross you, and so they you did. so you cross them? Jeremy Roenick for Alexi Jamnar. Right. Well, they put the go. games on pay per view. Right. It was called Hawk Vision. Then our I stories... grew up poor, Damashek. <laughs> I couldn't afford the pay per view. Then our stories they line took up. My team. Then surely you guys will feel my pain when I was when I was uh, at Indiana University. I was a Hoosier loyalist. And uh, really, to the uh, you know, in fact, I turned my back on the Pitt program. Did you? Even though I was a diehard, you know, Paul Evans, Charlie Smith, Jerome Lane, Sean Miller era Pitt basketball fan and football fan as well. But then I went to Indiana. I decided exactly it was it wasn't so much an intellectual decision as it was emotional. I eventually became a diehard Hoosier guy. But when they fired Coach Knight, I was outraged. I said, I, I announced. I didn't sit down at a typewriter and make a letter to <laughs> like anybody. I did. You should have. <laughs> but I but I did announce. You got to get it on the record. I made it I made it I made it very clear that that was it for me with with Hoosier basketball for the next 10 years at least. I can't fire coach night like that. I took no pleasure even when they went to the final four with uh with Mike Davis and that gang. Remember Tom Coverdale yeah, mm-hmm. and all those guys. Well, that Jared Jeffries, Mike Davis. I mean, yeah, come that on, was all garbage. For him. I and again, yeah, then Kelvin Sampson, then Tom Crean came in and a year ago I for decided, record, all right, 10-year probation, 10-year probation. Uh-huh. I said it's off now. It's lifted, and I'm going to return. You know who the joke was on, though? Dave Damashek. That's right. Because, like I said at the top, Bucky, this is an important lesson for you. You can't. You can say, "All right, now I'm going to get back into it." Who's your basketball? It's time to get. But you know what? The hard. You know, it wasn't there. I tried. They were good. They were number one. They were a, a number one seed. I just. I sort of shrugged about it. I cared more about what was going down with Jamie Dixon. Similarly, rank. Uh, regarding the Pirates, I'm a chump if I stand by them when that ownership, not unlike what what Money's describing with his Hawks and Bill Wirtz and company, that the, the owners, the Nutting family, was willfully thumbing their nose at the the uh, at at uh, revenue sharing league wide. The Brewers who had a who play in a smaller market were spending twice as much as the Pirates. There was no justification for that. I turn my back on them. Why, if they're not trying, why would I be such a chump that I would root for that team? Now, did you adopt another team in the process? Were you with Rank down there in Orange County and all the uh, the Koi Tattoo monster truck driving guys I, at the Angel Games? You know games? what? Yeah, you know what? Buddy. Because I because <laughs> out shirts because the cardinal rule in Studio sixty six is no jive talk. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll shoot straight with you. Yeah. I lived a block north and a block east of Wrigley Field for about seven years. And, you know, listen, there's something about baseball. <laughs> there's something winsome about baseball. Going to the First park. of all, because, yes, once mm-hmm. once the yeah. NBA and NHL playoffs are over, that's all there is. And so you and the everydayness of it. And if you have a great play by play guy like you do in L.A., right. I, you know, you have a passing interest. Right. You say, I hope they win. I'm not I'm not willfully. Can you just cut to the chase and I say, yes, I don't hate the Cubs. Team. You like the Dodgers. You like the Cubs. But of course, I, I mean, I'm not it doesn't give me glee if. For, for them to win, but all right, better to, hey, look, to anybody listen. Anybody that hops on the Cubs, good luck with that. Yeah, listen <laughs> to Ben Scully. Still though, I don't, I don't get. So what? What's the difference? I don't understand there's what a huge the difference di- is. There's a huge difference. You're talking about it. You were railing this whole week about pulling up the example of the Reds playing in spite of March. You don't. You're not rooting for the owner. You're rooting for the players on the field who are wearing Pittsburgh across I, their yes, chest. I hope you support them, but no, you you abandoned them. 
at their moment of need <laughs> when they needed you the most. That's, what? It's easy. It's Let's easy to sit to there. Explain it's to me this. It's easy to sit there in Three Rivers Stadium when we are family. Does this happen every week on going, this podcast? Black I, the I did show after show. Or did I, I do there, this? Did I create fact, this? Sorry. In you did fact, it, yeah. from, well, uh, I mean. As it, as it happens, maybe just it's a heads up. Maybe this just story. A heads up to our listeners. We're supposed to be talking about the draft. We're getting right into now. it in one it's, second. You know, we're getting into it in a second. Everybody's hashed and over the draft. I've spent twenty I minutes doing this. Let's, Moral indictments have been have been leveled at my end. I will not stand for that, sir. Now listen to me. I am allowed to turn my back on a team. What would you have me do? Sit and watch games? What should I do? Just sit yeah, sit on a, my couch in my what, home and that's watch? What, that's watch what, that's the... what fans do, yes. No, no. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what happened. What I did was I took to the airwaves, and I bellyached about it over and over and over again. All the way from Los Angeles or Chicago or right, wherever like you were I say, at that it was, point. A, it was a little – maybe my argument was undermined by the fact that I was on an ISDN from Los Angeles back into Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, my voice was heard was by the people in Pittsburgh <laughs> as I denounced the Nutting's terrible moves. And now, listen, about three years ago, they decided we're going to make a commitment now, financially and otherwise. I was on board. Oh, look at you. I, I, think, this is, I think this is one of the cases the where you would son. say his voice was literally heard, but not figuratively heard. <laughs> <laughs> actually literally, heard speaking, but not no figuratively. Impact. Um, all right. Black tie is right. Let's try and talk a little bit of uh, of uh, NFL draft here. My first question to you fellas is, and again, I'll say, college football 24-7 podcast. Is it year-round? Do you do it? Yes. You do do it yeah, uh, 12 do it months round. a year. Yeah, we take a little bit of a hiatus, tiny bit of a hiatus in the summer. But for the most part, yeah. yeah but, of it. course, like accountants have uh, for the last uh, two months, this is the busy season for these fellas. Um, it's a it's a it's a fascinating phenomenon that seems like it's emerged uh, in the course of our lives. The draft was important growing up, and and sports nerds like me would pour over it every year, and it was a great, it was an exciting thing to sit and watch the I mean that the, the interminable fifteen minutes between picks and you, <laughs> well hey no, like you know I, I I can remember in Pittsburgh, PA, you know my mother Mo Damashek being like, come on, we got to go, like no no no, the Steelers are picking in six more picks, I'll be. <laughs> There. I'll be there. Three hours. Like, yeah, yeah. It a, yeah, it was right. It was, it was literally three and hours. And whenever there was a trade, oh, not a trade because they get 15 minutes yeah, now right, to right, reset right. the clock. Um, yeah, but, I remember because like one morning we went to go, let's go watch the draft at like El Ranchito or something. Right. And by pick 12, you're just wasted. Where do you <laughs> think, keep up that pace. Why do you suppose the draft has emerged? And I guess it's not the NFL is the biggest one, but secondarily the NBA draft is is now kind of must-watch. I, I feel, to me at least, it counts as much must-watch uh, television. What, what Matt Money-Smith, what's the, the reason that the draft is now this three-day event in prime yeah, time? Yeah, I mean, my, my contention has been fantasy football-related, and it's that people out mm-hmm. there that are listening to the Dave Damashek podcast football program right now think they can do Bucky's job. They, they they think they can be a scout. Mm. They think they can evaluate talent. They they think Bucky is just a lucky, a fortunate soul that was able to put on that co- that scouting cap, carry around a yellow notepad with a pencil, and watch dudes play football. Wait, that's not the case. <laughs> exactly. I know money's got and this it, pretty well wait, drawn out. Yeah. A, it's wait. almost as though that's what he thinks. Mm. Bucky. Yeah. That, no. It's <laughs> it is that. Well, it goes back to our and its ratings. You know, when we see the amount of traffic that the mock drafts get, that the you know, when I was doing NBA stuff, that our draft conversation would get our draft shows. We get 
they like it more than they do games. I mean, they do. They legitimately yeah. like it, it because they think They're they have the. They think it. they can be a GM one day. That this, that this is. St- I know I'm never going to play football. Physically, I'm not capable of doing that. But mentally, you know what? I, I could run I, a team. I absolutely agree with money. I think the explosion of fantasy football and people being able to play pseudo GM and win championships and put together teams. I believe there's a faction of folks out there that believe what. Well, I can course. be a general manager. I know what a good player is. I can do this. I used to it do. It goes beyond I, that. It's people who play Madden. That's the big one because everybody goes into franchise mode. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's a, yeah. That's an interesting Fantasy thought football. as well. I just loved. Well, yeah. That, that I, to <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> First time on the podcast. <laughs> that's a new bit. Fantasy football. Lifetime sums it all up with a redundant uh, with a redundant <laughs> ten, remark. Ten late, but that's and cool. then he's gonna be. Don't forget Madden too. <laughs> No, you know, I'm somebody. I, I, you know, when I wasn't doing, when I wasn't uh, reading the the, uh, you know, college football rags in the oh, middle Athlon. of summertime, all those, I would take. You know, as a little kid, I had the army men, and I loved setting them up, and it was an ongoing thing for me with with my chums. I loved setting them up. I used to mm-hmm. love to, to, to do, like, all right, I, I'll take the American soldiers, you take the yeah. Nazi scourge, let's set up what the battle scene would look like kind of thing. And I'd meticulously set them up, and I would take way too long for whoever I, whoever I <laughs> was there. And uh, they always just wanted to cut to the chase. Let's get to the war part. I'm like, no, 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 we're not. There, there will be no war. We're just leaving it set up. I think in that way, I, that definitely works for my brain, but there's something about... Don't you love the previews almost more than you like you say than you love once the games oh. commence in the NBA? Don't you love I mean, like Bucky? I know the, I'm sure you were the same way. Good, Street yeah. and Smiths, Athlon. I mean, yeah, we absolutely. would Lindy's. We I would Everything. I would go to the Pour magazine stand every weekend. Is the Lindy's here yet? And they're like, no, not yet. I mean, and you would freak out and read all the capsules of the college football upcoming season and who was yeah. coming in and who the recruits were before we had access to the internet. Our extended brain, which makes all this <laughs> knowledge that we've amassed useless. List, but yeah. I know, isn't it? Yeah. They, they, yeah. Uh, but so, given that it's so popular now, and now everybody has opinions on guys, and it's not just everybody. Johnny Football that people know about. I love, and I, you know, I, uh, the people who wax. I know we've all, we've all of us have talked about this before. The the a casual fan who has opinions on which left tackle to take. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. You, you really don't know. You you only know what Bucky Brooks and uh, his peers have told you, and yet the bitter emotional feuds people get into, like so. <laughs> you you like Luke Jogel over Eric Fisher. Because <laughs> you don't watch much. Well, you don't you. Have no idea. He's a 300 pound man who leans up against other 300 pound men. You have no ability to discern which one is better at that. But that, but, but, given that that's the case, that everybody has these opinions, Bucky, realistically, you as a scout, do you hear what the people are saying? Does it? Do, do you care? Because it, because the curmudgeonly response is, you know, you see Bill Polian or or Charlie Castor, like, oh yeah, you don't let that stuff happen. But I think it does happen. Absolutely, it does happen. I cannot name names, but I will say. Yes, you can. I, I you just don't want names, to. But I will say over the weekend, I did an interview on a prominent radio station. Two minutes later, a GM calls me. Hmm. Who is the guy that you're talking to? I am upset about it. Da, 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 da. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, why do you care? Like, Why do you care what I say? Like, You run a team. So when you hear um, those inside the Gregson, industry. It was Gregson, wasn't it? Those inside the industry talk about. 
oh, we don't pay attention to the newspaper, we don't read the internet. That is absolutely a lie. It's a falsehood. When I was working with the Carolina Panthers, we used to mock the mocks. We would keep up with seven prominent mock drafts, post them up in the room, and keep track of how those mocks change. Also, not mocking, condescendingly laughing, tracking to see what the collective opinion is. We believe that certain writers were connected with certain teams, and they had information that they would put out. So we would monitor those guys. Um, What's his name? Rick Gosling and Mm -hmm. the Dallas Morning News. He was one of the guys we felt like was a pretty clear authority on having information and putting together mocks. And we would track those mocks throughout the course just to see if we gain a glimmer of insight. And also the other thing that really irritates uh, evaluators in the, after the draft, the draft grades, if you want to get someone upset, give someone a D plus yeah. on their draft. <laughs> they get so mad about that and they worry about public perception because it does drive what fans think about their hall. And we've known, I want to say the 2012 class with Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, they gave their class with a D. Or, they got a D, a D or an F, yeah. A D right. or an F. Well, and they I took think, Bruce Irvin too high. They didn't like the two Utah State players with Bob Turbin and Bobby Wagner. And, and Russell, Wilson, and Russell was Wilson was too short. And so after the Super Bowl, yeah, I think he said not, not bad for an F class or whatever. So they pay attention far more than we ever can think. And speaking of Seattle, Earl Thomas lit into me at a practice one day. He's like, I heard what you said. I was like, what? are you talking about? I heard what you said on TV about like an Eric Barrett over me. I was like, dude, I'm just telling you what all the scouts have said. Like they were ranked Eric DeBerry over you. And guess what? He went before you. So that was the opinion pissed off three years after the fact. And I like Earl Thomas. He's a great player and we're cool. But like, he was upset about this stuff, but you said you liked him more than Taylor May. So you had him there. Yeah, I did. You did not. I did. Oh, no, you had him ahead of Taylor Mays. I, I was going to say, no, that's what I'm saying. Old, yeah. old, stiff, hip, hey, old, old stiff hip Mays, man. He had to wear it on draft day. Why am I dropping? Well, <laughs> oh actually, Taylor. Um, what do you, when Coach told you you should have come back when you were a top 10 pick, you probably should have just gone out. Correct me if I'm wrong. None of the quarterbacks, including Johnny F., would be in the discussion for the top 10 or, what? Uh, let's say, 15, 20 picks if it weren't – if we were – five years ago in the day when Sam Bradford could make the amount of loot he could as the first overall pick, right? The, the, the fact that these guys are now being considered as options, it's not. it, it doesn't destroy your franchise on the same level. It still is going to kill, maybe not kill, but Bill O'Brien will be behind the eight ball if they do, say, go Blake Bortles as a for instance, and he doesn't work out. That probably will be the end of Bill O'Brien as a slow, you know, it'll be a, a slow burn, but still he won't make it. I don't know if it's really changed that much. I know a lot of people have thrown the money factor in there. I think at the end of the day, you evaluate players for what they are and how they fit your program. A lot of what is done when you're ranking players is you're ranking that prospect versus what you currently have on your team. And so for a Johnny Menzel, a Teddy Bridgewater, Blake Bortles, you're looking to see, do I feel better about Ryan Fitzpatrick leading my team for the next few years or – can I see a situation where Johnny Menzel or Blake Borders will make us better? Uh, we did a, what was it, scout versus scout today with Andy Dalton versus whoever the quarterback prospect is at 24. Would you feel better about Andy Dalton getting your team to the winner's circle or are one of these current quarterbacks better? I think regardless of what the money is, you pick the player for what the player is and how you envision him blossoming over the next few years. And if you believe this guy can take your franchise to a higher level, you take him. The, the difference, though, is when, when you think about, and Sam Bradford is our last guy. You know, Bradford's on that $78 million Ooh. deal that was the last one. So 
you're, you're right. If the money was still the same, the Rams couldn't even possibly manage Johnny <laughs> Football at two and pay him $45 yeah. million. They just couldn't tie up that amount of money in their cap in that position. But they can now. You know, not, Now they can. They actually can take him at 13 or even at two if they want to yep. because the money now, it's not sunk cost in that position that they can't get out from under. And that's, that's where I think the difference is. Even though the Vikings took Christian Ponder, and I think that's the difference. People... You know, when they talk about, well, you know, you wouldn't be able to move on from Jake Plummer or Christian Ponder. Yeah, you could, because even even then, the numbers weren't crazy for picking a, a QB yeah. at eight or like Matt Leinart at 10 or 11. It was just nuts to take them number one. Number one. So that's where the biggest difference is, is that you don't have that 60 to $80 million payday for the number one pick. Ooh. What do you guys make of this? Uh, I mean, it really is, you know, Mike Mamula level kind of, uh, although Mike Mamula was a fine college player, but this Tom Savage business. <laughs> I, I'm trying to even think of the equivalent. Uh, off the top of my head. Oh, Bucky's going to love this conversation. Who is the one? Who is, is there any example that uh, of a guy who just, you know, I mean, a, a, and by the way, he was a big time recruit. You know, and he goes to. It's he not. Was. It's not like he, he has just in the last three months. He's Where, a guy he, who he, he, he started in Rutgers, at Rutgers, Rutgers, then to Arizona. Yeah. Foles to beats Arizona. him out, and then no. back to Pitt. Right? No, he he went there after Foles. Oh, so because Foles? Foles came from Michigan State, no yeah. Michigan. Was it Michigan or Michigan State? I think it was Michigan State. I mean, think about what we're discussing here. Yeah, we got so a guy Foles, that goes from Rutgers to Arizona to Pitt. His, the guy that le- beat him out was from Michigan. He leaves Arizona after Rich Rod comes in because he's not a fit for them. Right. He ends up and finds his way at Pitt playing in a pro-style offense under Paul Chris. You know what? And that's what's funny about it. Yeah, Foles was Michigan. Rich Rod came in. Foles left to go to Arizona. Rich Rod goes to Arizona. Savage leaves Arizona. All these tall drink of water slingers decide to move on from Rich Rod. You know, it's you – know, it's funny. It's a fascinating. I, I think he's a unicorn. <laughs> I think he's one of those guys. Meaning that, meaning that he's just like kind of a myth, a, a thing that we've created. He's a big, imposing quarterback that looks like the prototypical quarterback that's traditionally played a position forever. But when you really dig down and watch what he's done, I think he's talented, yes. But I don't think he should be in the same conversation as maybe the top six or seven guys that we're talking about in this quarterback class just because – I don't think his film puts him in that category. Well, it's funny because I sent, I think it was around about October last football season, I I tweeted at you, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, and I think Gil Brandt saying, you know, because I'd watched uh, him play for a couple of games as a, as a Pitt football fan. Yeah, of course. The, the, of course. I, the Hoosiers. You know, I should have been watching the Hoosiers in their the, chrome uh, so helmets. No, I'm, I'm watching. Yeah. How can, uh, that alone is repellent uh, to, with the, as a Hoosier fan to watch them play in those ridiculous They're in the Big hats. Ten. What are they going to do? Yeah. What are um, they going to do? How are they going to compete, huh? Uh, well, that, I'm they sure. Gotta, they got to be the it. fancy uniform team. <laughs> that's that's the, their edge. Uh, um, I, w- I watched him, and I said, you know, he really looks, you know, he, he, he cuts the figure of a NFL QB. Mm-hmm. But has anybody ever done nothing in college and then gone on to be a successful pro? Who is the equivalent of that? Is there such a guy? Matt Castle. He's the yeah, literally right. nothing. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he, Not he, a good one. He is like, he's really the only one. Matt Castle is the only one. And the Matt Castle story is fascinating because he was spotted at a pro workout by uh, Matt Russell, who was working for the New England Patriots at the time, takes the information back, goes to New England. But I don't think anyone in New England expected him to 
to materialize into anything when you're taking well, but, guys- but the thing about castle too just to go back to that remember you know i, I remember talking to norm chow who was the oc at the time and he said it was just a pick em. you know it really was that, that it was Leinert. it was it was castle, castle or Leinert, and they decided you know what let's go with Leinert. he's just a lit just a tiny tiny and think about the perfect you know the college career that Leinert mm-hmm. had that could yeah, have right. been matt castle i mean that's how close they felt like those two guys were yeah in in, in fairness um Good scouts, executives, even the late Al Davis, they'll go back and they'll ask their scouts to dig into the high school ranks and trying to figure out who were the guys that were supposed to be the players coming out of high school. Tom Savage was one of those guys. He was a five-star recruit. He was heavily regarded. I mean, he was highly rated. He was a guy that was expected to be one of those premier guys, ahead of the Taj boys, ahead of all these other quarterbacks that are in the draft. Now, he goes to Rutgers, has a decent first year, gets beat out his second year. Like most of these kind of – highly recruited quarterbacks when he loses a job he's like i'm out if i can't start i'm gone he goes to arizona sits out rich rock comes in he leaves because the system doesn't fit goes to pit now playing for paul chris paul chris did a great job with him because he struggled his first game didn't really look good against florida state struggled the first part of the season midway during the season Paul Chris figured out what his guy could do, put him in a situation where he set him up for success. He had a lot of production and success, but I don't know I, if he's well, a transcendent I'll, I'll star. I'll tell you what, I don't want to, I don't want to poo-poo the recent optimism around this guy, but you know he was playing with two of the best college receivers there are. You know, he it's not as though people say, "Oh, that Pitt team stunk." What did you expect them to do? He was playing with two guys <laughs> that are going to be in the NFL. He was throwing passes Young to two guys. guys. Um, all right. What about uh, this question comes to us from our pal, Handsome Hank, uh, and it uh, kind of goes back to what we were just talking about there. Smoke screens, you know, all this noise from the media about what the fans want, what these uh, pseudo experts would like to do. And it all leads to this talk. Of, oh, you can never believe any GMs around this time of year. How true is that? Do people really float things like, yeah, we're not interested in this guy? Oh, yeah. What, how does that conversation go down? Here's what we'll do. We love him. Now, PR guy, make this st- – how does that uh, – how, well, how organized are those sorts of rumors? Well, it's, it's kind of the master manipulation. Like, Money and I, Money's a GM, and Sam is boy on the other side. Money can tell me something. I can ask him about a player. He can deliberately tell me something wrong, whether it's his opinion or not, or like, hey, Buck, man, we really like Johnny Manziel at two. I, being the zealot – uh, and particularly in this day and age when you have Twitter and all the other social forms of media, I go and say, oh, my God, the St. Louis Rams like Johnny Menzel. Sparks a wildfire. Like, that's how those rumors start. Like, I want to say they mentioned last week Johnny Menzel being connected to the Dallas Cowboys. There are a lot of things that will take place, you know, the last month of the draft process that leads people to think certain things. You'll hear people say, like, oh, a couple of teams are interested in – this player and a lot of times what you have is a scout calling that player just to make sure that his phone information is correct that where are you going to be on draft day who is your agent all of that but a player will take that run with it tell somebody like hey these teams are interested in me and it becomes a story like, Bucky, that's what you can correct me if i'm wrong but but what i've heard from from a couple people is Teams basically, they always want to trade down. They always want more picks. More than anything, that's what they want. Because when you're doing your grades, these these guys are so close in grades. When, when say you're picking at five, the guy you have that's number five on your board, and the guy that's twenty 
those grades are so close that what they ultimately want to do is trade down, get more picks, because they're still going to get someone they like a whole heck of a lot, and they'll get more picks out of it. So what they have to do is create not necessarily these smoke screens, but you got to bring all these guys in for workouts, even if you're not interested in taking them. Yeah, so one team that – because every team falls in love with somebody. When they fall in love with that guy, they're willing to jump up there, trade with you, give you the extra third or the second, and you get what you want. And, you know, that's kind of how the smokescreen really ends up working. Well, yeah, that's what we talked about uh, just, pressure. Bo- just before I think you walked in, Buck. Uh, that's what Black Tie was asking uh, about uh, who is going to be that. What's what's a, I, Now, obviously, it's a surprise, so by definition, you can't tell us what a surprise <laughs> is. But which is the one that will be the least surprising? Who is going to be that team that's going to want to jump up and get somebody? I would look for the Atlanta Falcons to try and make a splash coming from six. They desperately need. Uh, a pass rusher. And in this draft, there are only two like premier guys at the top of the board. Can't they get Barr? Can't, won't Barr fall to them? I mean, Barr will be there, but it depends on do they view Barr in the same light that they view a Jadavian Clowney. What's the price to do that? Man, it's, you think well, about we what know he'll spend it. We, yeah, we, know, right. we know that Dimitrov will, will pay it because he did it for Julio Jones. Yeah, I mean, what did St. Louis give up to move up? To, I mean, what did Washington give up to move up to St. Louis? It would be in that two first round. rounds, yeah, two, two first two rounds, ones, uh, a, a two, a two, a two, two ones, a two, two threes. I think so, is what yeah, it was. I mean, right? They, they yeah. gave up a lot to move up. So if, if you're asking, to if get you're that the high Texans, cotton. don't you? Ha- I mean, that that would be loco. I know, of course, they're two and fourteen, but they're not that yeah, far away. That's a deceptive two and fourteen. I know they're not far away at all. It went right? off the rails last year. Matt Schaub didn't play well, so you know they kind of fell apart. But if you think looking at this team's roster that they're one of the worst franchises in all the football, you're mistaken. I think with the Houston Texans, the one thing that you have to be leery on, however you rate Jadavian Clowney, if you believe that this guy's going to be a perennial Pro Bowl, a guy that kind of changes the game in some capacity, when you bypass that and trying to be cute to accumulate more picks – you better hope that those guys add up to something that's comparable to what Jadavian Clowney could be. Well, and also that's think about true. and think about the vision for the Falcons. I mean, you are in a division with Drew Brees and Cam Newton, you know, and, and if you determine that there is no way you can win that division unless you can pressure those two quarterbacks because those two teams basically are ahead of you right now, certainly defensively for the Panthers and the Saints all around, then that's when you make that kind of move. What's what's our window? How big does this impact our team? Which is why maybe giving up two ones makes sense for them to go get Clowney to to have a dramatic impact on their defense in that division. How wide ranging is that sort of the the reasons that you're going to pick somebody? Is it because we have to match these teams in our division? Um, it's what our coach want. This fits what the what our coach wants to do. What's what? What is that calculation? Or I assume that varies by organization. It, it, it varies. You know, it, it it really depends. The one thing that I know just from playing when I played in Buffalo, it was all about winning the division, building a team that can win the division. Because if you win the division, you're insured of guarantee. You're guaranteed mm-hmm. a playoff spot. So it's very important that you win that division. So you need to make sure that your team lines up to beat those division rivals on a consistent basis. In terms of trying to figure out how you're trying to bring in players, who carries the hammer, it depends on is it the GM or the head coach. If the GM kind of wields the power, he will consult the coach and he will make sure that he brings him someone that he likes within his system. But ultimately, his job is to select the players that puts the team in the best position to be successful over the long term. Coaches think more short term. They think this year or mm. right now, this is what I need. They don't necessarily have the vision or the perspective to think, here's how we can be good for the next three years in a row if we take these handful of players. 
I could go. I, we could sit here for three hours. I don't want to keep you guys forever. So just a couple more uh, uh, draft-related things. This is um, – well, actually, this is a reference to an Indiana University basketball player, the Steve Alford syndrome. This is, uh, predates my Feathered time hair. in Bloomington. Yeah. Oh, by the Guy way. Guy that can't stop feathering his hair. Is that the syndrome? <laughs> hear me now. Believe me later. Follow uh, Matt Money Smith at Matt Money Smith. And, uh, and next time you see he's got an interview with the UCLA men's basketball coach, <laughs> make sure you catch that. It's always terrific stuff. They, I yeah. mean, the chemistry. Um, he, he'll come around. I mean, who would have ever thought? You know Ben Howland. I mean, from his pit days. I think to Washington a long trip. My bad. I think he yelled at me, actually. Two two interviews ago, he he, he yelled at me. I said, well, you know, you, you go to those three straight Final Fours, Coach, but, I mean, the last half decade, you're talking five years. Oh, I didn't go. I'm sorry. Three straight Final Fours. My bad. I think that was. But yet, he kind of figured the show out and started to play some, some good old-fashioned grab-ass with us. And Alfred is not there yet. He certainly is not there yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the rare subjects who has thus far been immune to the charms of yeah. uh, money and uh, Petros on yes, the radio. Immune. Show. I mean, he answers. Yeah, he just he, he has no time for it. It's no. not. He, I don't think he dislikes them. He just doesn't have any right. time to answer their. I just get the. You know, my vision is when he hangs up the phone, he just middle finger right at the receiver. <laughs> like, you just wasted my time. I'm a serious. Uh, I'm a serious basketball is man. Ob- Why is he obligated to do those interviews or? Well, the, you know, the, we're the UCLA station. We, right, we get along. I mean. They're great. You know, we get along great with their their sports information department. So right. the SID yeah. is like, yeah, you got to do this. Yeah, just come he, on, Steve. And he I think probably yells at the SID. Exactly. Yeah. I think he's like, come on, you love these guys. They're great. And and he's yeah, he'll get there. They want to yeah. He'll get Will he there. be here long enough? I hope so. You know, I, I hope so. I like that UCLA basketball. Now that they got the new Pauly, you know, it's uh, it's it, it should be. It I got to get great. out there. Yeah, it's I really been neat. to the new joint. I'll yet. tell you that you want to see you want to see like a really cool just bit of 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 sports history. What they did with with uh you know Wooden's living room is really neat for people that hmm. that aren't out here. They they uh, they took Wooden's living room after he passed away and piece by piece pulled it apart and reassembled it. Hmm. So you can basically stand in his living room, his TV, all his books, in the exact place they were when he – and that's where he would watch his basketball and watch his tape. And it's really cool to, to, to see somebody, you know, of his stature that, uh, that it's there. And, yeah, that's where, that's where the guy did his business, right there in that brown shag carpet living room. There it is. Um, this is where Sam Gilbert used to come over. Oh, and, oh I mean, really? Right. Really? Too soon? Really? All, I'm, that's John Wooden you're talking about, okay? <laughs> you, exactly. can, you can Google that name if you're a cynic like yeah. Rank. Now, Steve Alford. The Steve Alford syndrome is this. Steve Kerr was... Steve Kerr! Steve Sorry, Kerr. Steve Kerr. <laughs> Had a very nice, as you know, had a very nice NBA career. He hit clutch shots in NBA Finals and was a key member of those Michael Jordan Bulls. And Steve Alford was a quick flame out. Was Steve Kerr that much better than Steve Alford? Of course not. It's a matter of fit. That is uh, That leads me now to the QBs. I don't think any of these guys, I don't think, it, well, clearly, collectively, no one has these guys as slam dunk, definite uh, superstar quarterbacks. So what is the best fit then? For Johnny Football, for Blake Bortles, and Teddy Bridgewater. Where can they go that they'll thrive? Or where, or for that matter, if you can think off the top of your head, of the teams you're hearing buzz that are looking at these guys, I hope he doesn't go there because that will not work out. Man, it's tough. Let's see. Johnny Football. Johnny Football can fit in a few different places. 
Johnny Football would be great in Jacksonville because he gives them energy. Gus Bradley's a high-energy guy. He gives them kind of a face of the That's franchise. That's a perfect fit, right? Yeah. That's, he's the first, uh, he's, uh, he's a great active fit. defense with a, with a guy who's going to freelance. Also, yeah, just go also, do your thing, Johnny Football. Money is probably tiring of me talking about this. Defensive-minded coaches, guys who come from a defensive background, they look at athletic run-around quarterbacks a little differently. Mm-hmm. They understand the challenges of slowing a guy down. So Gus Bradley is more apt to say, Johnny, you just go do your deal, make a handful of plays, and defensively we'll get it done. He also will fit in St. Louis because Jeff Fisher has a similar mindset and mentality. It's tough to imagine him going outside of those places, like where you blend in. Because I don't see him as necessarily a fit in Houston. I don't see him as a necessarily a fit. Because of Bill um, O'Brien. It's Bill a bad O'Brien fit. is more of a control guy. Because offensive coordinators, remember, it always has to go back to them. Right, right, right. It has to be. We talked about this mm-hmm. during the fall. It's about my system. What, what's that? What's that? <laughs> I think the Raiders would be awful for him. If the Raiders can't deal with Terrell Pryor, at quarterback, how are they going to deal with Johnny Football? Like, I don't want to say they're one and the same, but they're very similar in terms of what now, they do and what they now, bring to the table. Terrell yes. Pryor cannot throw a football. He can't throw a football. They were actually you winning know, games. I, I think Dane Sonsenbacher's spine is contorted in 90 different directions <laughs> because of how he had to adjust all, his body to catch those god-awful Terrell Pryor passes. You talk about Terrell You get Pryor. Devere Posey in a room and oh. say, what was it like having to run routes and catch passes from that guy? And he'll break down and cry. <laughs> it's, it's so emotionally affected him. Posey will break down and cry. Every big game, he was the best guy on the field. Rose Bowl out here uh, versus Oregon. That, the Rose Bowl, Sugar he Bowl was versus tremendous. Arkansas, he was the best. Every big game. Look, that was 31-4 at Ohio I'm with State. I'm, not, I mean, I'm, I'm with, saying I'm he's Bucky, Tim Tebow. I'm not saying he's Tim Tebow-esque passing level. Man. But Bucky, he's a, I mean, he's a heck of an athlete, but damn, what he can't their, throw the football. What was their record, I, I, was their record with yeah. him last year? Like, I know Dennis Allen had whatever he was going to discover with Matt McGloin. But the Raiders were competitive in games when Terrell Pryor was the quarterback. And so if they can't settle on Terrell Pryor being their quarterback in the short term, how can they ever settle on Johnny I'll tell you what, and and the other thing is, too, with with, uh, Terrell Pryor, just in uh, quick defense of him, there there was nothing. It's not just he doesn't have the ability to throw. Even if he did, who is he throwing it to? There were zero threats on the field offensively for the Raiders other than a Terrell Pryor running the football. A and he st- they still wouldn't stop him. They still wouldn't stop Bucky, him. Bucky, you know he is not an accurate passer. He he's is not. He is a he's brutally not, inaccurate. Oh, like he's, oh, he is a oh, less accurate oh. passer sure, than Jake let's Locker. Let's make sure we, we put this out there before Twitter blows up on me. I'm saying Terrell Pryor, I'm not saying he's an elite quarterback. However, in the Raiders situation, what he did last year, he was the only spark plug that they had. I just and the fact, sure. And I, the fact that they – couldn't comfortably have him as their quarterback. How are they going to deal with a guy that runs around and does similar things in Johnny Menzel? Here's, I guess here's the way I'd put it. When I watched Terrell Pryor play at Ohio State, I saw a guy whose flaws were covered up by supreme talent around him and inferior competition in the Big Ten against him. When I look at Johnny football, I see arguably the most exciting player I have ever watched in college football make plays, throw the ball beautifully, has a nice touch. Like I like when I watch Johnny, I mean he's a legitimate quarterback. When I watch Terrell Pryor, I was like, okay, this guy's a hell of an athlete and somebody's gonna try to figure out how to use him, but man, he can't throw the football. He's so inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, I say that, but then, like, here's the thing. And I guess I'll go back to the same argument we have with Tom Savage because I think Tom Savage was woefully inaccurate in 
most times. A very, very, very good coach who is a good designer will put his guy in a situation to make plays. A very good coach would have taken a Terrell Pryor, particularly in the Raiders. They would have done some things that have put him in a situation to be successful. Half rolls, read option, whatever you do, you do those things to put your guy in a situation to be successful. With the Oakland Raiders, because they were uncomfortable doing that for Terrell Pryor, I just have a hard time thinking they can say, hey, we got Johnny Menzel, this is what we're going to do. Read option, quarterback draws, half rolls, bubble screens. I just don't know. You don't if have Dennis the faith Allen in the franchise Anderson. to, nah, to do what needs to be done. I got you. I think yeah, I'm with Bucky. If yeah. you put Terrell Pryor on the right kind of team, I absolutely could see Terrell Pryor see, winning games. I think I you got to be able to throw the football. You, you have Talk to about, be able but, to throw the but football. But based on the based on the uh, recipe for Jacksonville success, hey Terrell Pryor, go make I mean, a few plays for us. We're, we got a good defense behind you. Just take care I of the ball. You, for I know us you. I know you saw him make... put it on your your Steelers. I know you saw him do that. Well, but that, he I, made one play. I, but that's, I mean, but yeah, that's was, what I mean. That it was one play. It was a seventy-eight yard run, and the rest of the I game was ninety-two. Not, you know what I mean? The rest of the game, it's like, whoa, he just threw that ball nine yards over Rod Streeter. Said, oh, there's a dirt ball. I mean, you See, know that. That's, that's the problem. That's why I would think Johnny Manziel would be great there because he can do a lot of the similar things that Terrell Pryor can do, except he can also throw the football. So in addition to those things of making getting plays for him, you can also count on him to make a throw on third and eight to move the chains. Yeah, I don't I don't have enough faith in Dennis Allen and Reggie McKenzie uh, to think that they can surround him and put him in a situation where he can be successful. Real quick, because I kept everybody here way too long. Just very quickly. Yeah, though. Dave needed a haircut. 1983. How about that? He's wearing a hat, too. I still don't have it. I don't have the haircut yet. I skipped it, so I could get over here. How about <laughs> that? That's a commitment. They cut late. your hair here. Yeah, I got That's my haircut today. That's a commitment. Jen. Jennifer right will here. cut Jennifer, your hair. Right here. You just um, go down and say, Jennifer, you got time? How Come loyal is Dave Damashek? He's so loyal, he continues to go to his barber and pays him. That's so the, out of the his barber, way, yeah. just for the sake of maintaining Fantastic that relationship. The Mama barber, Mugly. The barber you're loyal to, your <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates that you grew up with, not so much. Fan, oh, devil wow. fan, I don't care for this. Now listen. There's a 1983, callback. the reason that the 2012 draft, it will go down in history, is better even than the 1983 draft, is because Todd Blackledge and, to some degree, Tony Eason were busts. It does not appear, at least, that the first-round QBs of two years ago, and he is going to be an abject bust of a guy. Who is going to – but so that's the anomaly. The reason that it's such a special group is that nobody is a complete flameout. So it's unlikely that that will repeat this year. Who's going to be the, who's the most likely to bust? Bortles, Bridgewater, football, Carr. I mean, I don't even bring Savage into it, but uh, you know, because it's so hard because without knowing what team they're going to, it you know, there's so many different factors in why a player busts. You know, most of the time it's a misevaluation, thinking that a player would fit into a scheme that is not conducive to his skill set. If I had to say a guy that I would worry about. Uh, I worry about Blake Borders a little bit. I, hmm. I worry about because why arm strength? Not so much of arm strength, but when I watch him play compared to watching Johnny Mizell and Teddy Bridgewater, he's a notch below them in terms of like how he plays the game. Uh, I also have a little bit of concern about Derek Carr. All the same issues that you bring up with Teddy Bridgewater, his size, his frame, his you know his ability to withstand the punishment. Derek Carr and Teddy Bridgewater weigh exactly the same. They're the same hmm. frame, same size. And, in fact, Derek Carr has smaller hands. Derek Carr has a 9 and one eighth hand. So when you think about playing and being able to throw the ball in inclement conditions, it could be an issue. Last year, 18 quarterbacks played that were 6'2 or shorter. 
I'm okay with those guys being 6'2", but the big common denominators, they all have big hands. Johnny Menzel has the biggest yeah. hands of the crew. At and nine that's and because you can grip the football and spin it. You can really throw That was the one thing that we recognized coming out of the combine when we were on the field, and Russell Wilson did his throwing. His, his hands are hands. so big, mm. and By he was zipping that ball, throwing Russell it. Russell has a 10 and a quarter hand, right. so when he grabs the ball, like he has full ownership, control of throwing the football. Uh, last uh, last uh, draft question, who will the Texans take? Oh, Clowney. Or will they trade out of it? Just Damian Clowney. Yeah, they'll take Clowney, Clowney. Manziel, trade out of it. Clowney, everybody no says. Question. Rank, you say Clowney. Clowney. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think so. But then you say what you said, Bucky. If they could trade down the six, you know, if the Falcons are willing to go up and get him. Yeah, if they get the right price. That would be, that, uh, you know, I would do that and in if a guys, Anytime you're thinking about trading, you have to be comfortable with what players could be available at that pick. You have to have two or three options for this is who I was selecting. We trade on the six. I'm comfortable with the fact that Jake Matthews, Sammy Watkins, or Khalil Mack would be there. We're fine with either one of those That's guys. The, that like, is the one reason why I don't think they traded is because there is such a gap between mm-hmm. Clowney and everybody else. I wanna, you if, know. If, I'm, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with as many talented players yeah. as I can. Hmm. And so I know people talk about fit and scheme and, oh, he doesn't fit the 3-4 scheme. Understand this. The game is played 70% in your nickel package. So we won't see Jadavian Clowney lined up. Here's a crazy Handy idea. Here's a, let whatever. me just throw one wild idea. If not, it's not that insane, really. Imagine that defense is good. It's got some great pieces, Cushing coming back, presumably in reasonably good health with J.J. Watt and everybody else. What if I've been long advocating, just take A.J. McCarron at the top of two or Derek Carr or whatever is, is there. You'll, you'll get by with that. What if they would just move back a couple of slots and then take Sammy Watkins? This then becomes an unstoppable offense. Who's ever pulling the trigger? They unless took, he's a unless he's a bum. They took Tammy's teammate last year, New Cobb. I know, yeah. I know it. Yeah, so I'm saying now, all of a sudden, you you have uh, yeah, an offense that's yeah, uh, lethal. Yeah, but you, I don't think even you, though you, you don't even have route. anybody throwing the ball. Oh, oh how dare you, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Amish rifle? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. your trigger. Man. I think I think the bigger thing is you have to look for is there's a common denominator between the elite defenses and those teams that are going to the playoffs. You have an opportunity to build a juggernaut I, right, on defense. Right. You got a chance to build what San Francisco has and Justin Smith and Alden Smith on this side. J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney playing side-by-side. Whitney Merkulis on the other side. You hear where he's going with that check? Same side. Same side, Jadavian Clowney I, and J.J. Watt. I like Watt. that. Everybody yeah. loves to say, like, yeah, try and, uh, try and handle which side are you going to – yeah, I like them on yeah. the same side. Load the, only it up. I, the only reason I say that, in Carolina, we went to the Super Bowl with a D-line that featured Julius Peppers, Brinson Buckner, Chris Jenkins, and Mike Rucker. Those four guys masked the fact that we had two undrafted free agents playing at corner. Anytime you have a dominant pass rush, you have an opportunity because you can knock the quarterback down. The Houston Texans would have arguably the best front line in football if you have Jadavian Clowney playing alongside J.J. Watt and Whitney Merkulis. That's a lot of production. Playing against Andrew Luck twice a year, I kind of like their odds. It breaks my heart to say that we can't – I mean, the thing that Matt Money Smith has said on a number of occasions is – Next time I come on the podcast, let's talk about sandwiches. Yeah. And once again, I feel like it has to go by the boards here because it's has been a marathon. But Matt Money Smith is It's just is like one your pal of, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's Matt Damon, our sandwich conversation. It really is true. It but, always gets but bumped. Matt Money Smith is one of the preeminent NBA talkers. Very quickly. Yeah. Bucky, just keep the headphones on. You're not leaving yet. Please, don't get I got, I got a thing with the Giants. What are you? The Giants. What? Yeah, the Giants. Giants. The New York Giants? What do you mean? You're going to be on the phone with them? You're okay. going to be there, we'll just GM? sit here and listen in. Hello? <laughs> it's Eli. Hello? 
I don't know if it's going to work out here anymore. Yes, it is. What's going they on like, there, Bucky? They seem to like Tom Savage better than Man, me. I'll tell you what, this I'm Ryan good, Nassib, he's terrible. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they were thinking drafting him. Look, I do. Can you call me back in like five minutes? We're wrapping up this thing. Just five minutes and I'll be good. Bucky's putting the Giants Whoa. on blast. Whoa. I have never felt hey. better right, than cool. I do right now. Yeah. Hi, they did his to guy. An NFL team. They did his guy Justin Tuck dirty. <laughs> <laughs> they did Justin right. dirty. Bucky, I don't want to keep you. I just want to get money's uh, opinion and uh, and your opinion on L.A. right now, the epicenter. We don't have to break down LeBron's mm. chances or anything else. L.A. on one side of the hallway, they fire Mike D'Antoni, uh, or, or I guess no, he left. He he, they didn't meet his uh, stringent demands. Yeah. So he was <laughs> Listen, I know I'm the coming show. off. I know I'm coming off the worst season in franchise history. But here's what I'm gonna need you to do. You're gonna pick up two years of my option. Here's the question. Sorry, Here, I have to resign. I, I, mean, I guess we could talk Sterling. Yeah. I mean, legally, I don't know what the league, if they can actually punt him, but I imagine they're going to try like it. Yeah. But one thing about that is, is it impossible? Because money is sort of a renaissance man and can delve into politics and high finance and all that. What about this? Is this uh, uh, pie in the sky? Wouldn't it be the, uh, the perfect punctuation and make it a feel good story? To now that the now that the witch is no now that the witch has been vanquished and is dead, why not make it a Green Bay Packers kind of thing? Why not let <laughs> community why, team? seriously? Wouldn't that be great? All these all these celebrities want to buy the you team. Be, if, Everybody if, wants to buy the team. Everybody's in on it. If you that, if you're a B lister or up, then you you're in on you're a part of some group trying to buy the the buy the Clippers. Why not expand it and make it? LA's team. Wait if you're the minute. Clippers, this would be a great this because the Lakers are the team of Los Angeles. Once and for all, you would. I, by the way, as I said the other day, I think Magic Johnson gets them and makes that the destination in the NBA more than it already is. There's a chance even that they will win LeBron and who knows who else if they can if they can uh, further the gap between themselves and the Lakers. But why isn't that a nice idea? Or is that just do it, it was a nice idea in 1960. Yeah, you know, in 2014, when when no, Larry when Larry Ellison, that's my like like Larry Ellison is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. You know, when when you get into the world of billionaires and David Geffen, who's you know so much more wealthy than Spielberg and Katzenberg, when you get into the DreamWorks triumph for it, and the guy's worth like seven billion dollars. Okay, Geffen is so Oprah, who's part of the the trio, mm-hmm. is worth two billion dollars or about th- two and a half three billion dollars. Remarkable for a celebrity, you know, for a daytime talk show host, three billion dollars. Larry Ellison, the man behind Oracle, is worth $46 billion. <laughs> and, like, if you were to list his assets, what, what, is, uh, what, what do we got over here on Ellison's asset sheet? Are, are we sure he can cover this billion-dollar sale? What's that? He owns Hawaii? <laughs> like, like, literally, Hawaii? Not figuratively. Yeah. Literally oh, owns Hawaii. Yeah, the, the island of Lanai is owned by Larry Ellison, the man Owns Hawaii. That, like, to me, that was, is a great. That that's as good an owner as you can get. Oh, our owner. Yeah. He's, what does he do for a living? I don't know, but he owns Hawaii. Is oh, there anything better? Cuban put little twelve-inch flat screens in everybody's <laughs> locker. Yeah, I own Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> right. I uh, we're doing our training camp out in get, Hawaii because you, because I, I own, own it. it. <laughs> get on the sign-up sheet. There are only fifteen players on the roster. You each get an island for three months each every year. You, LeBron signs. <laughs> 
What's he get? Maui. Yeah, he gets Hawaii. <laughs> I gave him Hawaii. Um, but you know, listen, it's, I, a, it's a grand plan check. Sadly, in the age of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, with no assets, no place to play, the lowest ratings on television and radio for five hundred fifty million dollars. The uh, the collective ownership uh, by the public just ain't going to happen. No. Sadly, it's what makes the Packers so need, special. Need some money. Um, rank would like, and I've seen other people floating this. They're not going to Seattle, right? I mean, this is going to be no, in no, LA. That would be that would be a failure for the yeah. league if they left LA. Why would Donald Because if Donald Sterling ultimately, because of his, uh, you know, his ugly words, then somehow force a team to leave the city, that would nobody cares. It's a failure. Nobody would care. That's Who? simply not the true. Clippers left. Nobody would care. Uh, we care. No. It's a it's a maybe small, four years ago. dedicated audience. They are, but they are a bigger brand nationally than they are locally, which is which is what's so interesting about the Clippers. Yeah. I don't know if there's any other team in professional sports bigger that is outside. bigger outside their home market. I mean, that, that literally is the case with the Clippers. If you look at jersey sales and percentage of jersey hmm. sales per market, nationally, the percentages are higher. I'll give you one. The Raiders. I bet Raiders? you they're big. Yeah, they that's, have a, they have yeah. a huge national LA, profile, yeah. and they don't Especially sell out LA. their games. Yeah, right. that's, that, that might be the only one. Um, Lob but, City. But, you know, and, and, and I know we I, I, I bash on uh, Kobe quite a bit, but is this not now true that Kobe Bryant's bullying – is is the cause he wanted D'Antoni, and then he turns his back on Mike D'Antoni and wants him fired. And this this nonsense that I mean I don't know what name they're going to recruit to be the head coach of this Lakers team, but it doesn't change the fact that Kobe Bryant makes way too much money, at least to this point, as money has talked about on his show. Does, is not willing like Tim Duncan has been or Tom Brady or so many NFL QBs who say, all right, I'll take a, I'll take a hit. I'll take a move, the mo- move, move the money around. I'm sure they still ultimately get uh, yeah, about get the, the same here. amount. But there's a way to manipulate things. Kobe Bryant has indicated no no willingness to do this. And and now every, all the Lakers apologists, to the detriment of the of the team going forward, have now said, well, you can't really beat D'Antoni up too much. Phil Jackson couldn't have done any better either with this team. I mean, they're, they just got hurt. What could you do? Uh, not sign, not make your backcourt uh, an average age of 87 years old. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think was going to happen? Pal Gasol's an old man. Yes, you thought that the foundation of your team with an average age of 35 was Gonna, was going to stay healthy and, See, well, and be a legitimate contender that's the problem. They should in have, the West. They should have traded for somebody like Chris Paul when they had the chance. Uh, See what he did there? Backdoored uh, it on you. Uh, he did. Chris Paul, he Dwight did. Howard, same he team. Did. And guess what? They still would have never touched the ball because no, Kobe, Kobe would have insisted on they hogging it on every possession. Isn't, isn't it? Ball ball dominant two guard. But isn't he, that, wouldn't have, he wouldn't be playing. He'd be hurt still. Isn't that, be though, be Shakespearean? Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it really some sort of Shakespearean Richard the third kind of thing that that he is now or or um oh i, I made i was watching the godfather i was watching uh godfather 2 a couple weeks ago and i and i realized kobe is michael corleone at the end of godfather 2 <laughs> he will have kobe will have i thought you were gonna say hyman roth i got excited there for a second <laughs> <laughs> he uh no i think hyman roth just got uh, the bums rush from the clippers yeah. uh but uh i'm mo uh, green <laughs> The end of Godfather 2 is Michael Corleone has destroyed or chased away everyone. And he, yeah, he has his empire. He has all the money, but he's all by himself and and sitting alone in that chair, sad, 
reflecting on his deeds and how he wound up in this spot. That's Kobe Bryant sitting on the bench all by himself. Why are we out of the playoffs again? Or maybe we're scratching into the into the eighth seed here in the West. Who did this to you, Kobe? You did this to you. Well, why is he so sad at the end of the movie? See, oh, I, I thought you were going to say. I was going to say that's the difference. Kobe's not sad. He's <laughs> angry, and it's not his fault. He's ah, ups- it's yeah. like this is the best way I can maybe you know to, that I can put Kobe. Players like Tim Duncan say, "I'm going to take less money so guys can come play with me." Kobe says, "They can take less money." So they can come play with that's me. That's exactly right. That's, he, that, he that's lives the best a, way I can put it. He's, he lives under the delusion. that, yeah. And Lakers fans will say, yeah, but I mean the opportunity to sign and play with Kobe Bryant, don't they want to do No. Why, who, there, there is, there is not a player in the NBA they would like to join up with less. They, of they, course, they, they, right? It really that's, is the truth. Yeah. That's the, that's, he's, he's a tremendous player who is damn near impossible to play with. All right, listen, we've covered it all except for sandwiches, so let's cut it off there. Tremendous work, fellas, these last few months uh, in covering just about every wrinkle there is to cover about the NFL draft. It is a week can from I, now. Should I, can <laughs> I, with the experts here in the studio, I was supposed to do a body language breakdown. Oh, my God, yeah. What, and, and, what do we got going money here? Money wanted to reel off. Fantasy money, football. Manny, money wanted to re- thought that we could do a little. Bucky uh, can't blow off the Giants goodbye. a second time. Goodbye to Bucky Brooks. There he goes. He's oh, my got, God. The, the, He's the talking team. to Jerry Reese. Hold on. Shh, shh. Listen, Hold on. listen, listen, listen. Oh, damn, they're going to take C.J. Mosley. He's on with Jerry Reese. <laughs> All right, real quick with money. Money is Wait, aware the Galaxy of are calling for me. The, um, <laughs> the uh, has Black Tie seen it, our favorite uh, game show here, that uh, Black Tie the cinephile who has not seen any movies. Uh, he, hasn't you know, seen, he hasn't seen classic movies. That's well, his big it thing. It was weird, though, because he has seen Speed is, and yeah, Speed 2. We, oh, we see, that's good. That, that, that's good. I'm, I can glean something from that statement. Yeah, we had, it's weird. It's weird because he has, because he professes, and he's seen a lot of post-95 movies, but it's weird. And it, But it's if, you've, if you're somebody who loves films... You would still go back and watch. It's these the time things. factor, Rank. You it's, see, oh, like Shaq mentioned about his geeky younger years and <laughs> having time to do stuff. I, you know, Wait, what I was are you outside. so busy with? What are you busy with? I'm busy right know. now, just doing a lot of no, stuff. That's right? not right that's now. <laughs> okay, yeah. F- yeah, I'm busy got, right now too. But but what, he's got two it, hours. Plus, worth I also of... contend that TV shows are the way to go. TV shows are mm. better than movies. Like it's just, especially in this day and age that we live in. With all right, but if you haven't channels. seen anything pre '94, so if if your thing is that you only see movies post, but then you say, well, but then. I don't care about those movies well, either. I'm not I've saying I don't TV. care. It's just there's so much battling for my time right now. I got to figure out what oh, to give it, you know? <laughs> so you go to the, do you go to the theater my time. I do. I'm actually going to the theater tonight to see The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Ooh, not, I want to see not that. Not that huge By on that, way, but it's still a theater. Have you, have, you seen the, uh, right. have you seen the trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? What is I going did. on? Ooh, so great. So great. It Teenage Mutant Ninja I have, Turtles? I have a five-year-old boy, Jean-Claude Van Damaschek, right. who loves the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I watched the trailer with that in mind and thought, well, this isn't a movie he can see. This is ridiculous. Who is this movie geared for? <laughs> Adults? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's, what it's, kind of movie it's, about a tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is now a grown-up picture? It's nostalgia there. Just I like guess the audience well, it's it's what the Dark Knight has done to all these movies. Yeah. Every see, you, every movie you know, but this is a little too far. You see these two guys. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's but what about it's targeted at? All right, so what are we going to do then with Starberry Shortcake? Is she going to start tarting it up yeah. a little bit? I mean, what's, Ooh, what's that's up? a good question. Does hey, Rainbow? Oh, then Rainbow Bright becomes a lesbian. 
Oh, and then God. she fights crime. <laughs> no, it just makes sense. What about Jem? Because uh, you know she's truly outrageous. How does, how does that one look? I think you know what that means. <laughs> no, she she has no boundaries. Um, black tie. Yes. Have you seen it? Money thinks he can name 10 movies that you have seen. Let's do it. This is an impossible feat okay. that would rank up there with Oral Hershiser, okay. Scoreless Inning Street. We're going 1988. We're going Hershiser 88 on this. That's <laughs> going to give you, I, to no. make it fair, we're going to give you. You think you can. There's no way you can. Okay, okay, here we go. He hasn't go. seen 10 tries. movies. He hasn't seen 10 movies, I got enough. I got enough with Speed and Speed 2 and The All Amazing right. Spider-Man 2. Here we go. Are we ready? Number one. Wait, I know you might say entrapment, but he did reveal on the previous episode that he's seen entrapment. Okay, so I can't do entrapment. No, these are movies that he ha- these are movies, these are movies Black that, Tie that has, he has seen. seen. He's seen. He saw entrapment. I'm gonna go I know what I'm saying, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm listing. This I isn't am going to impo- go. Black Tie has seen ten, eight movies. I am going to go ten for ten right now, right. and they will not be focused, so don't. Don't paint this man with the same brush you paint Donald Sterling if I start down a certain road, okay? Right. I'm not wait, but before you begin, do we want to get all 10 movie titles out and then you respond or I think do we he goes go one, one at a one? time? One okay, at a time and see how far I can get. Here Great. we go. Number 1, it's Boys exciting. in the Hood. I have seen Boys in the Hood. Okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. Number 2, Iron Man. Of course. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's easy. I'll do it nicely. This is, yeah, this okay. Is mo- okay, go here ahead. Here we go. Number 3, Old School. I have not seen Old School. Oh! No. No. How have you Two not three. seen Old School? Oh, no. Oh, I figured that was I was going to bounce around, get my comedy in there. Here's Strong. my superhero movie. Here's my African-American on the street. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so here we go. Let us let me see if I can keep going and maybe just All right. miss one. All right. All right Mulligan. You, you ready? I'm ready. Go ahead. Poetic Justice. I have seen Poetic Justice. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I was young and my, oh my siblings my were all watching God. it. Yeah. I don't know if I sat down like <laughs> I was just there. <laughs> when they uh, ride in the back of a FedEx truck or whatever yeah. they're in. All right, here had we older go. siblings watching here we it. Go. Hung out and watched now it watch this. I'm going to go pre-94 on you guys. All right. Uh-oh. Hollywood Shuffle. I have not seen Hollywood Shuffle. Uh, okay. That, that was not one of the ones he was going to say. Okay. Really? You have not seen Hollywood? I have not, no. I mean, this is... What, 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 what? Yeah, that's... <laughs> Where do I go from here? Yeah, that's a tough one. You're now. like... You were trying to be like Icarus there. Come on. I mean, don't, don't yeah, too, too close to the you sun. My, the my, my wings have melted. <laughs> you that's got a lot one. Black ties. One more. All right. You have two X's. That's uh, uh, okay. family, so we'll feud. Do family Feud. You usually get up to three. All right. See, now I don't want to do too many superhero movies because it's clear that that's a, a genre that he I subscribes think that that's, to. I think that's so your I'll, sweet I'll spot. Say, yeah, but I don't want to do that. That's I mean, we've, we've got on. a channel. All right, so here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're gonna, I, I truly believe he's going to say yes to this. Okay, I really do. Shallow Hal. I have not. Oh, that's it. Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> Shallow. So he has hopeful. seen Speed Two Cruise Control, so <laughs> I was so hopeful he had seen. Have Shallow you seen? Hell. Have you seen Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> no, I've not. How no. about Beat Street? You've seen Beat Street. Uh, let me tell you another thing about my movie. Have right? you seen Breaking? I have not. Let, let me tell you another thing about my movies. Not a huge Ben Affleck fan as an actor. But huge fan when he's involved behind the camera. Oh, well, he's directed two movies, so add those to his <laughs> way to go. <laughs> the town you've seen, the town. I own the town, correct? I'd be great if if the first one I named he hadn't seen. I love Ben Affleck. <laughs> I love the movies that he's in. <laughs> no, the only one he's directed, Black Tie, hasn't seen. Yeah. Um. All right, Black Tie, bring that it home sucks. for us. Money, I don't want to tie you up, but real quick, give us your uh, Black Tie, your body language. He is the body. Play your theme music, actually. It's time.
time for Black Ties Quarterback Body Language Breakdown. Shout out to Dick Banks again. Me and him got in the studio, put out another classic. Tight. Good times working with Dick Banks. Yeah, Pharrell ass. <laughs> tight. All right, so real quick, yesterday I got the assignment from Sheck. Sheck's like, you got to do a body language breakdown with these quarterbacks. And this year I was at the combine, but I was not out on the field like I was last year. And I got an up close look at Geno Smith and knew from the start that he was a guy who, like, quote unquote, said was too cool to. For school, and that was bad news for the Jets. Bad body language. Yeah, terrible, okay, okay. terrible body language. Black tie, this but, is legit. So yesterday I sat down and watched a couple of our first drafts, which are on NFL.com, and just, you know, watch these guys speak in interviews, watch their body language, and I've, the three main quarterbacks, you know, the three most talked about quarterbacks, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, and Blake Borders. So I'm going to break down these guys real quick, real quick, okay. before we wrap the show here. Johnny Manziel. It's pretty obvious, guys. This is a guy people gravitate to. Love him or hate him. This is a guy who's fun. He's having fun with the game. He's out there just playing. You want to play with a guy like this. You know, if I'd have to liken him to – he's not – Russell Wilson's way too, like, buttoned up, way too, you know, heads on shoulders. He's, like, a very cool type of Russell Wilson. Like, you gravitate to Russell Wilson because he's a professional. But with Johnny Manziel, you just want to have fun with this guy. It's like, yeah, this guy's coming to play. So, I'm all in on Johnny Manziel. Good body language. He gets your top Great grade. Body Good body language. Top grade, for Making sure. money, making money. You know, Good I mean, language, okay? he's um, – Yeah, I mean, what about that? Guys, you, have no, you have no beef with the, the, the extracurricular body language? It's it's done compared to Cam Newton, who does the Superman stick and all that stuff. There's something with Cam Newton that just seems like so full of camera. I have no beef with it. Philip I Rivers do. does it too. I, 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 well, I like I, it. I love Philip Rivers. I met him in person. It was great. Cam, though, he <laughs> is. It always goes my, back to who well, he knows. That's my, my first impression of Philip Rivers was great. Because I, I used to hate Philip Rivers, and I met. The, I was like, dude, I would black love to play tie for money. Here's Buy here, it up. The, the real the real trick to Black Tie's uh, body language rankings is w- when he can name drop. I've met him. I've yes. spent time. Yeah. That's yeah. really that's, what I've met. Russell, about. I met Russell guys. Wilson. Great body language. Yeah. So I mean, just compare. <laughs> He's a friend. <laughs> <laughs> He's a personal friend. <laughs> hey, it's our role. Compare Manziel to Cam. Cam's all about the show. There's a little. There's a little something there. That's just too not authentic. With so Johnny, Cam, Cam's in the draft real. this year. No, he's not. I'm just saying, you know, so just give some context there. Why you got to talk about old ass, huh? Let's, <laughs> let's move on to Blake Bortles now. Blake Bortles, he was a tough one. Tough guy to, to peg. He's very bland, for, and that's not a good thing. You don't want your quarterback to come in the locker room and. You're not even sure if he's a quarterback. He's you know? bland? Yeah, he just has sort of an easygoing way about him. It's not terrible, but again, this is my quarterback. This is a guy that needs to command the huddle. I need a guy He who's... looks 38. Yeah, he does have a little bit old to him. It's, it's just yeah. like a mix of like... Not as not, not Freddie Mitchell, thirty-eight. Freddie Mitchell looked like he was seventy. Oh, you but, know who he? I, I realize Bortles, you're right. You He's know who got... you can look up. I encourage you to go on the Google and and uh, check this out. Look at Eric Lindros at his retirement press Ooh, conference. That's a good poll. And, and look at Blake Bortles, who's about to get drafted. Eric Lindros, the old NHL player, when he retired, looks like Blake Bortles looks right now. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, so with Blake, that's a good pull. <laughs> so with Blake, you just don't. I I'm worried that he's the kind of guy who would be okay. Not being the starter, like his demeanor, just seeing screams, like ah, eh, take just taking it a little bit easy, and I would stay away from that. If you like the body language, I would just stay away from Blake Borders. That's that's my okay. take. I'll bring that up to him. Oh, when although, I'm although I'm, I'm if he does, if he does get You're a moderating shot, moderating what? I'm moderating a panel with Blake Bortles on Wednesday night in New York City in Times Square. Bring, bring it up. He's an even kill guy. Yeah, so for new era, new era. You can get me a cap. You can get me a cap there, right? What size? What size? What size melon you have? Uh, see, I should have never brought it up. It's embarrassing. Seven and five eighths. I wish. I got a look at this. I got a pebble head. Six and a quarter. Jeez. No, I'm a. I'm seven 
to seven and an eighth, depending. Oh, I no. know it's a tiny head. Oh. It's just a, it's too bad, isn't it? <laughs> poor, small the, head. poor little fella, you. <laughs> Last guy, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Guys, I got to say, huh? not a fan. Not a fan of Bridgewater's uh, body language at all. He has this look and vibe to him that it's almost entitled in a sense. And oh. with guys like that. Self-entitlement. When hmm. it doesn't go right, they tend to not be accountable for so, why they're but, not. Would you say it's like Cade McNown-esque? Is, it, is that kind of what you're thinking of here? <laughs> yeah, it's just a little, a little bit. bit. Little, Gabberty? It's, it's a little oh, bit. No. Well, Gabbard had a little, like, Gabbard was just scared. Gabbard looked scared. scared. He was, yeah. He's scared coward. Yeah, Bridge on Bridge on the hand feels like he believes in himself, which I mean you should. Maybe, maybe a little Brandon Whedon in him there, a little you know Brandon yeah, Whedon always yeah. always quick to point that finger. Somebody yeah, else. Yeah, and you don't fault. want that as a quarterback. He's the okay. kind of guy that I don't. I just don't. He looks like a not a great teammate. I feel bad that Bucky had to go take that call. He could have passed this info on to uh, to. Reese I think he would have. Uh, I think he would have Deacon. Uh, I think he would have Deacon Jones head slapped you for the Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> comment because I, I think know Teddy, Teddy is offsided as like one of the best teammates. His guys love him. <laughs> they would lay in the street for him. He he insisted that Louisville not go forth with their Heisman campaign because he was uncomfortable. Black ties eyes see what most human eyes don't yeah, that's see. True, that's true. You got to just turn it over to him and trust well, that he knows what he talks about. I will say this. I do believe I, now I have not watched the uh, the factor in a long while but I do believe Bill O'Reilly has moved on from Tanya Ryman as his body language expert so you might <laughs> want to be careful here Shaq Black Tie might have a future with the factor there over at Fox <laughs> News as his new body we got to get guy. the word out here Black yeah. Tie at least at, you know make sure that you send uh, you send this file over to all 32 teams just so that everybody has yeah well, uh, one of our listeners I forget his name right now forgive me but he point he throw out the idea of like, hey, we should always have like an interview session, like just how John Gooden does his QB camps. We should bring guys in here and just do have a body walk, language break. Just have them walk is, the catwalk. How yeah, just break? have them walk out in front of black tie, move around. You give them simple sort yeah, of you gotta uh, do physical. like You got to do like your, you know, introductions. Do some play intros. You know, get in the yeah. huddles together. Do some jumping Being on the sideline, you know, getting guys pumped up after a touchdown, after an interception. What, 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 you know, all that stuff. <laughs> what about what? John Brinkus' uh, sports science black tie's body language? Which we put you in a lab and you have them. You have them. <laughs> All right, now show me touchdown celebration. Now, how do we not? No, easy one. Just walk right into a room. Let's see. Do, do people look at you? I like do this you idea. Command yeah, attention. That's, uh, that's got to be you know, uh, something we do on NFL now. Well, mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I was. It, it's uh, Wednesday, May or it's Thursday, May first, and uh, earlier today on NFL Network, we broadcast uh, Mike Mayock's conference call. Maybe we do a conference call. You know, we make we make black tie here available to the uh, to the national media. I like this. They money can guy. submit. They could submit do, questions. Do you guys have a producer in uh, college football twenty four seven? Oh, oh wow. black See, tie! That's what I'm Don't be about. a stinker. Don't do that. I like that black tie. I like no, it's a good question. idea. We just get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, consummating yeah. the trade. I mean, here. you got to move on. You, you got to move on. <laughs> it's a chance for him to grow. We're not going to hold you back. Soundboard. Yes, soar, soar. Spread your wings. We'll try and make do with whoever replaces you. All right, listen. Matt Money Smith, terrific stuff as always. Thanks for hanging in for uh, uh, a marathon session. Make, good uh, to make it in. Bucky Brooks, I listen, black tie, we must have the sandwich conversation. And once we're in season, we ain't going to do it. So make sure we have that uh, on the books at some point before the season gets going. Speaking of superhero movies, Dave Damashek, your interview with Hugh Jackman, a.k.a. Wolverine, is up on the NFL.com right now. Hugh oh, Jackman. it is, eh? Huge. Oh, we interviewed Hugh. What a Hugh time Jackman. we had. You know what I did to him, too? You know what this? I found this shocking. Uh, I, he did not know. Um, he did not know the Michigan fight song. 
which is the equivalent, as I told him, it's the equivalent of being named Roxanne and not knowing the police have really? a song about you. Shouldn't he know the Michigan Wolverines fight song as Wolverine? He didn't, but I taught it to him, so that's one thing that happens in there. Check did that you, out. I hear tale. Did the, you just did you just come right up? Da, da, da. Did you, is that is that what you did, or did you play it for him? Did you? Have I actual asked audio? him if he knew it. He did not. Then I said, well, let's rectify that right now. And then he sang, and, uh, you know, ever the salesman, he turned it into a, a promo for the uh, for the X-Men picture. Impressive. Um, but then we, we addressed some philosophical, some moral He told a pretty fun story about him and Tom Brady working out at 8 a.m. in the you morning. You don't have to ruin the whole thing. I'm but also, there's a new NFL out, our butterfly effect, our animated thing with the uh, fellows over there at Bindle Dog. Great job on the 1989 draft. Did you know four out of the first five picks wound up in the Hall of Fame? The fifth, Tony Mandarich. So we tell that uh, mostly positive tale and the uh, the ugly bust of Tony Mandarich with our latest animation. That's at NFL.com as well. One of my favorite Hugh Jackman quotes. Sorry to jump you there, Shaq. Uh, and there's no reason why it should be my favorite. But for some reason, it just he's being interviewed for, you know, Jean Valjean and Les Mis is hitting the silver screen. And, and for just the way he said it, they're like, you know, why? Why did you do it? You know, you gotta make sure your singing voice is, is right. And, you know, it's such a depressing film. And Jean Valjean's such a challenging role. And, and he just kind of did the actor thing where he sits and has a dramatic pause. And he just went, it's a role of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> it's a role of a lifetime. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess it is there. <laughs> role of a lifetime. Did you ask him about Viva Laughlin? Viva Laughlin. Oh, that TV show. Yeah. Viva Laughlin. The musical TV show he did. And it only lasted for two episodes or 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 so. Who could have envisioned that outcome? This was was only three or four years ago. It's really weird. Not too far ago. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of George Clooney. Well, George Clooney started on one, but I mean, he, you know, Hugh Jackman was fully an A-list oh, he had been, movie star and everything, and all of a sudden, yeah, he just did, did a CBS uh, show that hey. was just horribly roll ill-conceived. Roll of a lifetime. <laughs> it was. That's where you should have. the roll of a lifetime. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So Matt Money Smith, yes. check him out as this thing uh, winds down here. Uh, the the final week here, get, uh, you know, if you need the crib notes uh, and all that to uh, get caught up to speed do so with the college football 24 7 podcast mock draft weekly talent mock draft mm. next week you're doing that again right oh is that was that a reference to my oh i thought you make black tie sent me uh his he he sent me a three-line rundown here okay. i thought that was matt money smith that was doing well, it's that. More like thought, six lines but you know i thought no, the draft I'm doing, guys uh, are I'm doing, doing draft from here i'll be doing no, it I'm you? yes i'm you're doing a part the, of the talent mock draft well you're doing that one Yes, the Mayock one. I, have... I thought, so Mayock's not in charge. I thought he was going to try to bounce you. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sure he would have. But he he said, by the way, last he year's saw mock my name. draft. He He's... saw the name Dame Check or whatever, he, uh, or, and, and was like, I don't remember Dame, who that Dame is. Check. Who's the funny guy? <laughs> last year's <laughs> mock who's draft. The guy, who guys, who's the guy who plays Elaine's dad in uh, Seinfeld? Oh, Jerry Stiller. No, Elaine's oh, Elaine's dad. dad. It's the guy from the thing, and I'll never forget him. And oh, he he's, no, he's the bad guy in. Um, he's the. I mean, he's the, the main Reservoir guy Dogs. in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah. he's like, ah, you remind me of a tail gunner I met in Korea. You'll find him alive. <laughs> he died. <laughs> 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 
You know what's what you up? have to do? You got to go to the. Do they, is Spencer Gifts still open? Is that does that store still oh, yeah. exist? I think they have so. one in the Westminster Mall. If you really want to, if you really want to chap Mayox's ass, you know what you got to do? You got to go to that Spencer <laughs> Gift and get one of those. You know, you can get the handset phone to plug into your cell phone, <laughs> and, and you have to just consummate a trade. I, I'd love to pick right now, man. But the phone's ringing. Hello, Damashek here. <laughs> yeah, I've traded out. I'm going down two spots. Eisen, you're on the clock. Thanks Consider- for the extra yes. second rounder. Yes. That is uh, officially under consideration now. Yeah, I'm picking for the Buccaneers. Uh, they uh, were good enough to give me the Steelers, and then I got the Chiefs and the Broncos to pick for. Wow. So, don't don't so do this thing where you're like, I'll ones. let you guys decide. Here you go. Off the top of my head, I'm giving you your picks. Here we go. You ready? I'll tell you what I what my guess is. Buccaneers, Mike Evans. Mike Evans. B- although I think that Eric Ebron would be an even mm. better one there. But you Evan, don't like Evan, Evans is like elite. There's like space there between him and the rest of the wide really? receiver class. Okay, 14. My assumption is uh, Darquez Denard is going to be there, but I feel now like Justin Gilbert might be there, in which case I go Gilbert. Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of noise on that that. one, too. That's what I would do there. Um, Even if either of those corners is available. If If Gilbert's there? Gilbert's a better fit, but eh, just I, I think... I think you're best going with Odell Beckham Jr. there. I think that's your best talent. You know, you never draft for need. You always want to go with best player available. That's what most of these teams do. Odell's- Agree. 21, Marquise Lee, or, I mean, you know, they need a pass catcher. Brandon obviously, Cooks. the Chiefs. Yeah, I think Brandon Cooks is your Cooks pick Cooks will there. be there. Yep, I think that's your pick. Superb athlete. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what gets the pat on the back from Mayock, you know, and you want to earn his approval. <laughs> that's what you do. You want to earn his You want to earn his approval. You yeah. want to get the It is one of, of those things, I, you know, doing it last year, you feel like I'm at. Well, You're going to be like. Get, are you nervous? What, nervous? Why would I be nervous to, well, you know, because Mike Mayock's there. He's a, and I thought, <laughs> what do I care? It's a, it's a mock draft. What's, what's he going to do? But you do find yourself. You do say like uh, you're like Justin Vla- Gilbert <laughs> looking up at the teacher for approval. I remember, you know what he's you know like? What? He's like Vlade Divac running into Magic Johnson's arms <laughs> in the '90 <laughs> finals with the oh with his hands at his side. Yeah. No. Did I do good? Yeah. Did I do good, Mister you know Mayock? Actually, you know what? Let's scrap that plan. Here's what we yeah, do. What buddy. fun is that, right? What fun yes. is that? That's what everybody expects. Here's what you do at seven. You take Aaron Donald. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And they're going to come at you for it being Pitt, and you're going to say, "Hey, listen." This is my red star guy. This is my can't miss. It's Lovey Smith. He run. Come on. He had his wide receivers were Marty Booker and I mean, I, Lovey will figure it out. You give him a tool like Aaron Donald, and oh, imagine the things. Imagine the things <laughs> in that Tampa too. He'll get excited. You I know think. what? People maybe you that's know a, that's the, the play. You that's, know what was the big disappointment a year ago for me? The big the big uh, bummer for me was. I looked around that room, and Mayock is there, and he's serious, and everybody showed up. You know, Charles Davis has has pages upon pages. I love how Mayock rocks that tight polo shirt. Too. Yes, extra I, I feel like he and gets he it folds sewed. up, and he folds it up he right there. It yeah. No, somebody shows it. Somebody takes it, uh. takes that. Then like, Eisen yeah. and Michael Irvin are back slapping like yeah. Hollywood elite, you know, which they, which I suppose they are. Yeah, Mayock and, does burpees with Ed Hockley before yeah, the thing starts. And then, you know, I'm in there. And I thought, well, thank goodness Daniel Jeremiah is, is here. You know, he at least is my control group. Let's bring he, some levity He'll here. be nice. You know, he's a nice guy. 
He was the meanest one of them all. It's a snake, oh, huh? Oh, all yep. of a sudden, Dan Jeremiah, our old pal on Sold the DDFP. Out. Oh, I love's coming in here. But as soon as he got around the fancy pants, in the cool click, when he saw it, <laughs> oh, they have an extra seat at, at, at the cool kids' lunch table, I'm kicking Damashek to the curb if it gets me in good with you, Mayock and company. Yep. That's, That's exactly, exactly what, what he out, huh? He's what a weasel. And what makes he's, it worse this year is that DJ is now – quite frankly, at the cool kids' table all the time. So you don't even have that opportunity to hope that he could be on your side. No, yeah, no. there's no... At there's least you no. know where you stand. No, hey, now Shaq. this year it's a reckoning. Hey. This time Jeremiah gets He's like his. Emilio Estevez I'm in serious the about Breakfast this. Club. You do the Aaron Donald thing at seven. <laughs> you I'm have to Better do yet, it. If you know who, I'm not kidding. If you know who Jeremiah wants, would be the it would be the greatest thing. He if wants, he were the one... He, he loves eight, Donald. <laughs> loves him. I'm not kidding. It's like his I favorite player in the draft. If he has picks, since I have player. 7, 14, 21, and 28, if he could have the pick immediately immediately behind each of those, I would delight if you could uh, tweet me whoever he's going to take. Okay. <laughs> take him every time. Take, take every single okay. guy he wants. I can do that. That would delight that. me. All right. I have been delighted by this podcast. I hope all uh, of you listening have as well. Again, College Football 24-7. Uh, Matt Money Smith and Petros Papadakis, the great uh, show on AM570 in Los Angeles and available on iHeartRadio, the iHeartRadio app, yes? Yeah. I know that off the top of my head because I legitimately listen to it in my automobile when hey, I drive home about, each day. Don't worry about yesterday. Right, yeah, we didn't get into his impressions of... It's your old colleagues that are the best. He does the Joel Myers, and it's just so great. Yeah, you want to play the role of Chris Chris Webber real quick? We're going to call the uh, Spurs-Mavericks game last night. All right, real quick. (laughs) Tib Duncan gets the ball to low block, goes up, scores. And nice bit of basketball there by Tib Duncan. Puts the Spurs up by two. Impressive move there. Yeah, whatever, Chris. Let's talk about the Spurs and what I would have done on that play. I would have had Tony Parker crash the paint, actually. Sucked in the defense, then kicked it out for a three from Manu Ginobili. That's just me. They got to make a couple. You know what of... I would do if I were the Mavericks on this possession? I would get the ball to Dirk on the wing and have him shoot the three. But Dirk was what triple... a great timeout right there by Rick Carlisle. Would have <laughs> done it exactly the same way myself. <laughs> Rick Carlisle. The great uh, him... thing about Rick and Pop. Pop gets all the credit, you know. But Rick really is one of the great thinkers in the game today. Well, Popovich did. One have... thing that I'd like to see more of. <laughs> I like when he gets into the poor, line. Poor Chris Webber never gets a word in, and and then he veers into at least according to Matt Money Smith's uh, impression, he veers into wine analysis oh, all yeah. the time. He's like... Let me tell you something, Chris. I just had a delicious Bordeaux last night, a glass of it. I would share a bit of it with you, but your palate isn't nearly refined enough, so I will instead drink it all myself. Well, I had a nice port at the... uh... Shut up, Chris. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. It's my show. I'm back on the national stage, baby. (laughs) Um, All right. Excellent stuff. Matt Money Smith and Bucky Brooks and Adam Ray. Shake it out. We'll be out in Manhattan for all sorts of uh, good times. Keep uh, keep The both of you? Yep. The, the threes of yous? NFL.com. Black tie going to? NFL no. Network. This, that, and the other. NFL Media is your source for all the uh, for all the draft coverage coming up next week. And, sending uh, so you. Make sure Not you sending me. Are looking for us. Yeah, money's going to be holding down the fort here in Los Angeles. Yeah, It'll actually, be, you know what? It's, uh, I'm doing it with Matt Millen. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be in MSG on Monday night. Look at you. The Penguins defeat the uh, the Blue Shirts if, uh, if Lemieux is willing. All right. So, listen. We'll talk to you next week. Meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.